Todd Graham. Ryan Milanifee. How are you? I'm ya? back from the COVID. And uh, we're back on uh, Storytellers Beneath the Canvas. Um, Thank you for having me. Of it's... course. I, I figured, um, and I know we'll get into it in a little bit, because obviously it's a it's a big thing. You know, what's, you know, leaving yeah. where you spent your entire life, you know? Yeah, and, it's tough. Um, it's tough. But that's the end of the story. Well, well, all right. The end of this chapter. Of the story. <laughs> exactly. Let's get real. So, exactly. So, a little bit of an admission, and I've said this to you before, but let's get it. Uh, let's get it on celluloid here. And All make, right. Make it real. I am doing this podcast, not specifically this one with you, but like the podcast in general, because of worked into a shoot. And wow. for, for those of you who are watching the, or listening that might not know, uh, my guest tonight is a uh, very prolific podcaster in my particular uh, my particular sect of the wrestling community. Um, you have a big you had a big chop shop following, essentially. I did, yes. And yep. uh, you know those are my people, and I got to learn um, I got to learn a lot of surface level stuff that I didn't know about people that I've been working with for a long time. And you had just come out of the woodwork and you're like, I'm going to do a podcast. And I saw that and I'm just like, I saw everyone's willingness to like, everybody wants to tell their story. And I've said this to you before, because every time I was on your podcast, it was always like, you try to hit me with the, you try to hit me with the, the, the easy questions. The and softballs. Like, yeah. Let me tell you about what I've been going through in therapy, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, completely fu fucking up the whole game for you. Like, I'm not calling you Davis, right, Ryan? Let me tell you what I talked about with my therapist today, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> fuck, I think it was the it was the last time I was on the show. So it was like mid-2020. Uh, yeah, it was something. probably the last show I did in person with someone. Yeah, and we did, it was a two-parter because uh, we did two hours because I just wouldn't shut the fuck up. Um, because you traditionally do. Um, you traditionally do like an hour. Yeah, an hour tops, 45 minutes. I don't want to lose people's interest, so. See, I completely went the other direction two <laughs> episodes ago. I debuted with a four-hour fucking, everybody was just like, you gotta you gotta cut it down into pieces so people can listen to all of it. How about four one-hour chapters? And I'm like, below me. We're going to put out a four-hour thing. People can listen to it if they want to. And I tell you what, I didn't turn it off. Four, do, four straight hours it was an amazing show with you and montero it's four because you got to see a side of them the, the only reason that i was like because trust me and by the way anybody who gave me the tip of hey cut it up shorter and and i just told you to blow me uh <laughs> please know that i say that with love i realize in 2021 you can't just openly tell people to fucking blow you exactly so let me say this I took their opinions into consideration <laughs> and I decided to go my own way. And, um, and to their credit, the people that reached out to me were people that either a did podcasts themselves and knew that, you know, sometimes for attention span reasons, an hour is all you're really going to get, or maybe a half an hour. Fuck. When I was doing PZW years and years ago, I was the first person to be, I was the one to be like, uh, everybody's doing these hour long wrestling TV shows. And I'm like, I'm going to cut mine meticulously to 15 minutes. You're going to get a match like seven. Pro yeah, it was the most jam packed 15 minutes you were going to get. But like you got it was 15 minutes and then it was done. And then it's like, hopefully people would want to come back and see more. Right. You know, but this time I said, uh, I said, fuck it. I'm going to upload the whole thing in four hours because that's what I like. Like, I'm a huge fan of the Joe Rogan podcast. Don't mm -hmm. know if you know that by the three camera setup in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But I'm a, I'm a fan of Joe Rogan's podcast, and I would, you know, I was on a real Scientology binge recently for whatever reason. Okay. And, you know, I was watching all of, I watched Leah Remini's show, and then I watched Leah Remini on Rogan, and she did like two and a half hours. And I'm just like, well, I'm kind of well-versed in this topic right now. Mm-hmm. Let's listen to this. And I would have hated it if it was like, check out part two on YouTube. Now I got to go fucking looking for it. Like, usually YouTube's pretty good about sending it to the next chapter Yeah, or exactly. It'll send you right to the next video. But um, I, I said, no, I'm going to make it four hours. And, uh, you know, if you watch a video on YouTube and leave before it's done, when you come back, it'll usually start you where you left off. Same mm-hmm. thing with Spotify. And I know that um, Anchor gets us on a bunch of different places, but Spotify, does, yeah. Spotify was the only one I cared about. And I take, I'm in control of the YouTube and, you know, Everybody, everybody who, a lot, a good proportion of the people who told me I should have cut it up because no one's going to listen to it, messaged me two or three days later going, when's the next one coming? <laughs> and I'm just like, that's right. That's right. That's <laughs> Come exact- to me, my pretties. That's right. Um, so, and I was, I was, ha- I'm happy to report that in a 72 hour period, 200 people had watched or listened to that podcast and that's amazing checking the analytics it wasn't like they clicked on and clicked off it was literally like all right this person listened for three hours and this unique visitor listened for the whole thing and this unique and i'm like jesus christ okay well that'll get my hours up on youtube which is another thing Mm -hmm. in order to get um whatever they call it the sponsorship or whatever it is on youtube you need to have x amount of like watched hours and right right putting up a four-hour video that people actually (laughs) want to watch worked yes yes absolutely but but yeah so you know this whole thing started because i saw what you were doing with the podcast and not even in an attempt to steal it it was just an idea to do something different because like like we discussed you would throw softballs yeah like um you know, you, you you said when you first brought up the idea of a podcast that you were going to do that I put my tail up. Yeah. And um, I may have done that. For like know, five seconds. Instinctively. But you, you definitely did. You're like, he's doing a podcast. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, but, um, but, yeah, you know, I would throw out the softballs because I didn't know these guys from a hole in the wall. Right. And, uh, you know, I was excited that they were coming onto the show. My first guest was T. T. Phoenix. Right. And, uh, you know, and he's always a good interview because he's not afraid to bury himself and everyone else. Yeah. And that's exactly what he did. He came onto the show and he, he spoke his mind. Yeah. And it, it I think it showed a lot of people, hey, you know, this is a good, good outlet to get some stuff out there, get my story out there. Yeah. And uh, before long, I wasn't asking people to come on the show. They were asking me, when can you get me on the show? You were you were jammed up at one point where you're trying to get everybody on. I was. Uh, I you, was. You did you did so many podcasts with people that there are podcasts that didn't even get recorded. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, was that the guns? I think it was with the guns. Uh, the guns got recorded. Um the audio, yeah. I mean, you know my equipment. It's nothing like your setup here. This we is, have the same recorder. You know, yes, we have the same. Re- and we'll get to that with another one oh, of my guests. All right, we're get, we're going deep on this. All right, I, I but, like the deep cuts. This is good. But um, but yeah, the guns got recorded. Mm-hmm. The audio was not great because we were playing past the mic. We only had two mics, and there were five guys talking. And you were using the wireless mics. That's correct. And the thing that I learned early about, the, especially the wireless mics that we could afford. But this, the thing about the wireless mics that we had the ability to purchase, 
for those of you who don't know or have never run audio or never ran um, like a wrestling show or a music show or whatever, if you're using wireless mics that kind of kick on and kick off, it'll sometimes sound like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the... And, and the, the first couple of syllables of every sentence starts with, the microphone has turned itself off to preserve battery. Yes. So... You know, like every answer to every question, like if somebody, like if you asked a question and somebody kicked off their response with, yeah, and then they went into the explanation, a lot of times the yeah would be completely cut off. Right. And you'd be like waiting for his response and it'll never come because they thought they got it out of the way right at the beginning. <laughs> One word, yeah. Because nobody was wearing the cans. Right. And we're not wearing the cans. Uh, I had to I had to develop a, a no headset rule after Mike Montero got upset with me because his hair looked good that day. <laughs> and he'd, <Jesus>. we'd, <laughs> And he didn't. Well, his hair him. did look good. He, yeah, he looked fantastic. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, this this show came about because I saw what you were doing, and I was just like, I want to. Uh, if I could borrow the gaming uh, analogy that I've been using for PG all these years, I want it to be level two. I wanted it to be like, go to uh, go to work into a shoot. And tell the where you came from story and the, and you know the 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 very surface level stuff because what got you into it because your host doesn't know you basically talk to him like a stranger right and then you know come sit on the couch and 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 talk to Doctor Talks a lot um, <laughs> you know and I was like I said the Montero interview I was very um, I was very happy with not only the reception from the people that listened to it because it was it was for at least two weeks after it came out. Everybody was just, I, I had people reaching out to me saying that, you know, listening to this podcast made me feel, you know, like I wasn't alone. Mm. And that's the kind of shit that really gets me because it's like, as much as I joke about, you know, like this is therapy, like I never really intended it. Like I, I would hope people getting their stories out would help, but I wasn't like going into it going, tell me all your deepest, darkest secrets in front of my cameras, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't doing that. And that's, you know, when I talked to Montero and he gave me that, and I know at this point, by the way, this is the first episode we've actually referred to as storytellers uh, beneath the canvas. Oh, wow. I, I think I might've said this exact same thing on the second one, but I don't <laughs> think I had a name for it then. Um, but it was, it was a lot, um, it was a lot inspired because of you. And, uh, I'm glad that I'm glad that you did what you did. Cause now I'm doing what I'm doing. And I feel like, you know, had the, had what is about to go down, not gone down, we could have worked well together in the space, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, absolutely. So, um, doesn't mean you can't do it in Grand Rapids. It just means you kind of got to start over again. Right. Right. And that's something that I definitely wanted to address here is that working to a shoot will continue. It's probably going to be a little mainstream. Yeah. Uh, when, when I first start, kind of like what you see with uh, with Cultaholic or What Culture or uh, what, wrestling. Like, like top 10 lists? Or? No, no, not so much that, but uh, Cultaholic does a podcast I listen to oh, okay. um, uh, every Friday. And, uh, and it's going to be something like that, talking about things going on in mainstream wrestling. WWE, AEW, right. NXT, stuff like that. Yeah, that's one of those things. That's one of those things you're going to need to find something to like cut your section of the niche yes out of it because you know obviously around here we've got that uh, we got the jobber knocker with uh, with adam nestle yep. and we've got yep. you know countless other shows that are telling you about what's on tv right, Do right. You, have you have you put a lot of thought into how you can I be have, different? I've, I've got an idea of of a uh, kind of a fantasy booking theme i wanted to do that when i had bob evans on 
and yeah. um, I'm going to call it uh, the right way to book things. <laughs> well, if there's one thing that I know about you, marketing worked, and I believe, don't you have a degree in that? Or, or um, marketing? Well, or broadcasting. Broadcasting, yes. Yeah. Uh, went to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting Yeah. Uh, in beautiful Boston, uh, which is now closed. Um, yeah. <laughs> so how much is your degree worth now? Uh, is it less than the piece of paper it's on? Probably. Can, can I get stocks for it on Robinhood now that everybody thinks they're a stockbroker? Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. By the time we've all, by the way, anybody listening to this, by the time you've heard about a crazy stock, it's already too late. guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I believe, you know, I believe you can invest in, uh, in, 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 uh, Todd coin right now. And it's currently at zero. <laughs> Uh, but one day we're hoping to double that by June. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Connecticut school of broadcasting, they had to close their Boston campus because of the pandemic. And it sucks because a good friend of mine, uh, Lauren Patisi. Yeah. I was going to mention that that's, yep. that's where you two met. Yes. Yep. She was my instructor. Uh, she taught me everything. To, oh, she was the, she was the teacher. She, yeah. She was an instructor. Ah. Yep. Yeah, her and uh, I don't know if you listen to sports radio at all, but no, uh, <laughs> which is funny because a lot of wrestlers aren't into sports. Yeah, I, they're all fixed. I can't I can't deal with fi- football. It's all fixed. <laughs> I go with real sports, real athletics, impact, <laughs> raw. Yes, yes. I- impact was the first where, place you went. They're trying. Okay. They are. They're, <laughs> they're actually doing a lot better than what they were, but I digress. So, yeah, uh, Lauren Patisi and uh, Mike Sarge Riley, he's a, a weekend guy on uh, the Sports Hub in Boston, were my instructors. Um, Lauren, uh, Sarge, Mike Riley, is a very vocal wrestling fan. Okay. I actually sold him my... Well, he's got a wrestling nickname. He Mike. does. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I actually sold him my WrestleMania 14 chair. Mm. I had uh, second row seats at WrestleMania 14. I Did was, you go to the house show beforehand to get the early up on the tickets? Or? No, no. Just um, got lucky. I just went to the house show beforehand, and then my dad was just like, we're not going to Mania. <laughs> no, he didn't. He, I think we both completely. Like, I didn't forget it, but I'm pretty sure it was uh, money was tight. Oh, so. well, yeah, I mean, even back then they were charging yeah. ridiculous amounts of money. It was kind of a birthday present for me. Yeah, exactly. So uh, if you're ever watching WrestleMania 14 and the hard cam's on, you can see me. Clean shaven, Austin hat, Austin shirt. Oh, like when you were at the Golden Gate Bridge. Anyway, we'll get to that later. Anyhow. No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, look, you're not alone, okay? I once had an affectionate relationship with a monument, Space Needle, 98. Anyway, so Lauren was your teacher. Well, it all depends on what perspective. Anyway, Lauren was your teacher. <laughs> yes, Lauren was my teacher. Uh, Sarge was very vocal in his love of wrestling, and all of a sudden Lauren perked up and was like, yeah, I like wrestling too. And I, and I said, oh, well, who was your favorite growing up? And she said, Bret Hart. And I was like, oh, I got an in. Big Bret, Bret Hart fan here. So, you know, we started talking and she's like, you know, I, I do ring announcing for some independents in the area. And she had been doing that already at the time. Yes. Okay. Yep. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, you should come to a show. Turns out it was NCW. Right. Uh, right about the time that... Todd Harris, then Todd Harris, now known as BRG, yes. uh, had cashed in his Ox Baker. 
Uh, the Ox Baker Cup, for yep. those of you who don't know, was uh, NCW's version of the Money, Money in, the in the Bank, bank. briefcase. So. Yeah. And uh, cashed it in on Lumberjack, I believe, was the champion at the time. Yes, I think I think this I could be I could be getting this completely wrong, but I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Lumberjack ended up wrestling Rui Patello. In, Rui came in and challenged him. In, and yeah, then in the, in did the, the bait and switch. Did the bait and switch, and then uh, and then Brett. Uh, well, he did the switch. He did. Yes. He did, and uh, walked out with the title. You so. want to you want to talk about a goddamn heater. Oh, we'll we'll talk about him. We'll talk about we'll come him. Come back, yeah, yeah. Love Brett, but we'll talk yeah. about him. Um. So yeah, uh, went to that show, fell in love with it immediately. Started going to every monthly show. Yeah. Um. Calendar turns into a new season, and uh, I get a call from Lauren saying that uh, NCW needs a play-by-play guy for their next show. Yeah. At Lee is not going to be in. Yeah, I think he might have been sick or something. Might have been sick. Some, or, some, yeah, or maybe one of his dogs on. wasn't doing well. I know there was a period where he had uh, issues at home with his with his pets or something like that. But but yes, he wasn't he wasn't going to be at the show. Right. And of course, they sat you next to... You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here I am, greener than goose shit, uh, not knowing any names of holds names of moves you know because everybody's got a different name for her did i take over play by play or did i or did i tell you be like all right buddy (laughs) call all the moves i just do the colors around here and then every once in a while i'll just go blue Blue. yes yes Yes. uh but no we uh we were kind of like um you know vince and jesse you know let me tell you something about thermite caves (laughs) have you heard of the gulf of tonkin incident (laughs) They specialize in one thing at the Gulf of Tonkin. Incidents. <laughs> All right. You know, Vince with his one of, one of maneuvers. Right, right. Just, Je- I, don't Jesse, know, I don't know what the fuck that was. Yeah. What a maneuver. Yeah. yeah. Jesse sometimes taking over the play-by-play. Yeah. So. Um, He's a Texican. A Texican. <laughs> That's Tito Santana, Jess. Um, Chico. I've been, wa- I've been Chico. Wa- Chico. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of old stuff. A lot of... <laughs> some, some of the pl- some of the calls are like I don't think anyone's listening. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you know we get through that show. Uh, you said I did a good job. Yeah. Uh, I believe you had a PG show the next night. I think. Peabody. I think. Oh Jesus! It was one of those nights. Yeah, you were wrestling uh, King. Oh, so yeah, that would have been. So this was three fifteen. Uh, that we did the NCW show because 316 was, was the, level three. So, yeah. um, yeah, that was, uh, I was, it was, it was funny too. Cause I remember when they were, um, they were like, yeah, at least not going to make it tonight. I'm like, all right. And instantly I'm thinking to myself, okay, my mind is not on this show. My my mind and my money is riding on what's happening tomorrow, tomorrow night. night yeah. I was just expecting to come out here and be like, "Pews, all right, <laughs> you know, <laughs> green." Anyway, uh, and then they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna stick you with this new guy," and it's just like, oh. immediately <laughs> I was like, "I gotta carry this fuck all night." Understandable, and absolutely, but still, like, I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't have been that bitter. I hadn't, uh, I hadn't broken my neck yet, uh, <laughs> which became a meme. Um, uh, which which has been brought up on your show once or twice by other people, which makes me laugh. But anyway, so yeah, I just remember the 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 immediate thought was, all right, and then about halftime because I had recently I had been going through um, picking up shows from the last couple years for NCW, and I had 
come across um, JC's super honest reviews. Oh yeah, and he had done one on that night and said that you know by the half, the second half, you and I had better chemistry. Now I haven't gone back to watch or listen to the show, but I believe it because I wouldn't have been kind to you if it was bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't have been like, hey, come work my show, you know? Like, so, <laughs> right, right. But no, you were um, you were uh, right out of the gate. I could tell that at the very least you liked wrestling. Oh, which yeah. which was very important. Like, um, <clears throat> so I got that job to begin with. Uh, Atlee was play by play, and he was working with a guy by the name of Dexter Lou. And Dexter, uh, one show, was sitting talking to doing commentary. They go into the half. They start the second half. He randomly gets a phone call. And walks off the show, never to be seen again. Never says goodbye to anyone, just walks the fuck out. So the next show, I had been tag like I wasn't at that show, but I had started tagging along shortly thereafter. And they uh, they were gonna try different people with Atlee, and I'd show up to ring the bell. And after a while, I'm like, you know, I could probably do this. And he let me fill in one night, and Atlee and I have been friends for years, so. The chemistry was already there because we know how to make each other laugh, and right. that, and that's like that's when as soon as I had you, you, motherfucker, do you think I had you on here because you're a compelling guest? No, I'm gonna get all my jokes out before you have to move. <laughs> like that's what's happening. We're already, I don't know, we're already what we're like almost a half an hour into this thing, and I've already laid out some of the greatest hits, and uh, <laughs> we got all the time in the world. Um, so they sat me with Allie, and it worked out, and. Every time I've seen Dexter Lou since, like he would occasionally pop in at an NCW taping looking to get work in the ring. And JC did not forget. Of course not. <laughs> that you just walked off a fucking show. We did a show. I don't know if you were there for this one, but we did a show. Uh, it was the day of WrestleMania. I don't know which one. Uh, it was like 2017, 2018, maybe. Anyway. We were in like a gymnasium, and it was a it was a benefit thing or a charity thing, something that JC was like really like into because it was for a great cause. Yeah, and uh, Dexter showed up, and I don't know. There was even a battle royal on the show, and Dexter showed up, and he was like, "Hey, you got a you got a spot for me?" And JC was like, "Absolutely." Made him go take the tickets at the door. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, wow. To this day, I don't believe Dexter Lou has ever shaken my hand. When he has showed up to an NCW show, the first time I put my hand out, and I don't know if he saw it. I'm not insinuating that he's been kayfabing me, but every time I've seen him, I haven't been able to get a handshake. After the first time, I stopped putting my hand out. So maybe I'm a dickhead. I don't know. But anyway, Dexter is now. Uh, I think he's a part of a tag team with uh, American Sumo, um, uh, Gamble there, and yep. uh, and he was doing well the last. I heard of him, but I don't foresee him necessarily being a big part of the NCW roster, uh, you know, because, you know, shit happens. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, <laughs> that's how I got the job. So when they sat you with me, I was just like, oh, fuck, I got to carry this guy. And then by the end of the night, I was just like, all right, you're pretty good. And I was like, I'm going to keep an eye on this guy now because he's not wearing a fucking blue shirt. And they're letting him do, <laughs> you know, he's showing up dressed for the job. And Detective Sipowitz is showing up like they ran out of fucking coffee and donuts. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it worked out. Like I, I completely forgotten the connection between you and Lauren until mm. you mentioned it the other day. <laughs> so I was like, oh, it's something to talk about. This is great. 
And then, um, so then what? So, so, um, so I went to the PG show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, half, you, you were the first half main. Yes. With King. Yeah. And came up to you and you turned around and, and you just, you looked and then you're like, Oh, Hey, what's hey, going it's on? You. I need someone to ring the bell. <laughs> But, I think uh, I had Ben, maybe I forget. Uh, probably, yeah. But uh, but no, you 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 saw you recognized me. You gave me a big hug, and you're like, "Hey, hey thanks it's for coming." You, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, but I, at that point, I was like, "All right, I think I got a bit of an in." Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, fast forward a couple months, NCW still running shows, obviously. Yeah. Um, boy, did they! They never stopped. They really didn't. So every month I'm texting back and forth with JC of, you know, looking for something to do because obviously Atlee had come back. He doesn't want a three-man booth. That's way too much talking. So Especially with me. Jesus Christ. You know, so, I got complaints about talking too much on this podcast. You know, give me a break. Did you tune into a fucking Todd podcast and not expect Todd to talk a lot on a Todd podcast? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. No. So, uh. Being a graduate of Connecticut School of Broadcasting, we had access to the studios. So I'm thinking, ah, that's very nice. So I'm thinking, I got to do something to keep my name in JC's head. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, JC, um, why don't we, you know, try to hype up the next card? You know, you're posting these videos with just still shots of the matches, but there's no voice behind it. Yeah. How about I put a voice behind it? Right. He's like, it's a good idea. It's kind of uh, like an old school '80s. One less thing for him to do. That too. Right. Kind of an old school 80s, you know, when you would hear Howard Finkel. Be there. Yes. Do the be there. You got to get the be there's. Yes. So I did that for a few months and then um, I was never one to. uh, I didn't really have a whole lot of confidence in myself. No. I know, right? But one day, uh, one day I showed up to. an NCW show early to help set up. Yep. And I'm trying to garner up the confidence to say, can I do something? Right. Give me something on the show. (laughs) As JC is going through his pre-show meeting with all the boys in the back, I finally say, Hey, uh, JC, is it right if I uh, do a little ring announcing tonight? And he says, it's okay with Shane. It's okay with me. Shane being Ryan Ryan. Andrews. Yes. So Ryan, who strolled in a little bit late, yeah. maybe about two minutes before the show was going on. Because he only on. cares about announcing the main event and the Montero match. Exactly. Sometimes it's the same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I look at him and I'm like, hey, you know, if you need some help tonight ring announcing, you know, I'd be more than happy to help you. Thank God. Yes. Take the first half of the show. Because he's already sweating and it's January. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like he was, he yes, he came to play. So it uh, it became a thing. It was a, you know, it was a two ring announcer Don't show. Don't get me started on things that became a thing. Okay? <laughs> it's not a thing. Anyway, so yeah, you started ring announcing. Started ring announcing, uh, filling in for Atlee when, you know, he, he had something going on, family or what have you, sickness, whatever. Yeah. And uh, it just kind of ballooned from there. Uh, Atlee himself actually asked me to be the voice of Elkmania. Yes. Yes. He uh, he at first didn't have commentary yeah. on his shows. He wanted to try it. 
We yeah, we didn't do live commentary. Um, the, oh, were you doing dub stuff? Yes, the first three Elk Manias, which are now available on Blu-ray. The first three Elk Manias were done by me and Adam Nessel as Joe Cole and Owen Cash, which was the the ones we did for PCW because back when we were doing PCW, it was like nine people at most at any time on that show, you know. So everybody had the fucking belt uh, at some point, <laughs> but uh, it was always me and Adam in the booth, <clears throat> and it would always be like. If it was always hilarious if it was like, Derek Simonetti is a real scoundrel, and I'm wrestling him, and he's just like, yeah, but Adam Nessel's taking this, you know, <laughs> like jerking each other off on commentary, <laughs> you know, so, you know, so it was always a good time, but so we did that, and then, um, two, so that would have been about 2016, PG was just starting, and the shows from Elkmania after that just stopped getting edited. Just, I either got too busy or I got too inside of my head or I discussed this recently on Facebook, which, you know, it was like yelling at the clouds, but I mentioned something about my plate, the idea of the plate. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got, you know, it's on my, uh, it's, I got a lot on my plate right now. Yeah. Everybody's got a plate. And, uh, by the time Elkmania four rolled around, it felt like I had an awful lot on my plate and it didn't subside. Mm -hmm. It still hasn't. I'm still working on shit, but you know, so from Elkmania four onwards up until uh, What's Up Danger, none of the shows got edited. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the, the the next Elkmania show that got edited was What's Up Danger because we wanted to have something for the convention, mm-hmm. so or or something like that. But we wanted that we wanted to have newer stuff available to sell and give away. And uh, so yeah, that we would dub in the commentary. So when he told me that it was going to be you and uh, and Dallas, yes, uh, I was just like. All right, cool, because I had started doing live commentary with my shows, and and I had the equipment, and it was working out pretty good for what I was doing. And I had, I had poo-pooed live commentary for a long time because I had spent most of my time doing the TV taping style. Mm-hmm. And in the TV taping style, you can afford to fuck up, start over, et cetera, et cetera. If you've got a running commentary track, it's a little harder to fix things. Right. So I had always said, no, now I'm looking at, hours upon hours of footage I'm going to have to talk over if I'm going to release it like I plan <laughs> yep. to. Yeah. You know, and then I realize I've been doing this since my backyard days because I've got backyard shows with no commentary that I had planned to do the commentary on afterwards <laughs> as well. So guess what? You know, <laughs> those shows are going up with nothing. Um, but yeah, so that's what we used to do. And then when he said you guys were going to do it, I was like, oh, that's great. It's a great idea. Because mm. it, it, it was a great idea because... Well, I, I knew I knew it could work. <laughs> I had just recently started doing something like this, and it's working. So yes, this this is great. It's one less thing that'll keep me from having keep me from editing the shows. And I think you guys did live commentary for. I think What's Up Danger was our first show. What's Up Danger? Did you guys do Elkmania Six? We did. Okay, so I gotta find that. That's what you're telling me. Uh, <laughs> pretty sure I have it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure What's Up Danger was our first show. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Dallas, because that came about... You know what? Excuse me. What's Up Danger happened after Elkmania 6. So you oh, guys, so Elkmania you guys, 6 must have been our first show. Maybe. The cage match was Elkmania 6. Did you guys call that? No, we that? didn't do a cage match. Uh, no. Yeah, okay. So, so Elkmania 7 is the one I'm thinking of then, because we did do this that This is one. what I refer to as the weeds. We're getting into the weeds. Yes. Uh, <laughs> where's that audio file? All right, everybody's tuned out. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you guys started doing commentary for Alcmania. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I'm glad you mentioned Dallas because Atlee came to me and said, who do you want for a partner? And you were still active in the ring for Alcmania at the yeah. time. 
So I said, well, you know, he's busy, so we can't <laughs> we can't have Derek. Not for long. Well, no. true, <laughs> true. Um, so I said. It, it was just like a one-off at NCW. Like it was like a, a guest commentator. I had yeah. Dally sit in uh, for one match, and I mean the chemistry was there instantly. Yeah, like I, I hadn't met this guy till that night, and the chemistry was there. So I was like, you know, how about Dally? And I say, go back and listen to this uh, this match. If if JC will send it to you and see what you think. Yeah, and Atley said. Yeah, sounds good. And I had done a night with Dally on commentary. I had done a night with Dally on commentary. And uh, I was actually, I was surprised because, you know, I, I he was just a young, when I first met him, he was just a young kid in college, uh, you know, doing doing this shit. And at one point he was, you know, he was, I think he was going to a college out of state and wasn't going to be around. Mm. And then he never fucking left. So it was just, <laughs> I was just like, I thought you were leaving. Like every time I saw him, yeah. you know. So... And then I did a couple of matches. I think I did one night with him or something like that on commentary at NCW. And I was just like, he is surprisingly good. Mm. And that, I'm not even being disrespectful. It's just like, I wasn't, I based on what he had done, because he was in the uh, in the headbanger group there for a while right. with Tim Lennox. I was just like, what's this guy fucking going to do on commentary? <laughs> so we got him, and I was like, all right, this is good. This is actually, you know, he would. He wasn't doing the Chad Epic where he was putting over his own shit before what was in front of him. Right. So I was like, all right, this is cool. Yeah. No, he he was excellent. And we, we gelled really well on those Elk Mania shows. Um, we had a, a show in the Beverly Salem Elks where Danny Davis was doing a, a special guest appearance. Yes. And he came by and he overheard us, you know, going over a few things and called us Gorilla and Bobby. And I was like, uh, all right, slow down, but thanks for the compliment. <laughs> Can I be Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, um, Dally and I really worked well together yeah. in Elkmania. So, you know, and, and the thing is, is like Lauren got your foot in the door yep. and you wound up doing NCW, you did Elkmania. I don't know what you know of what I was going to do, but the plan was when we were going, I mean, granted we were doing, we, we were going to do a couple more tapings in Gloucester. Uh, but the plan going forward was going to be, you were going to be the, the lead play by play broadcaster on the show mm -hmm. because my, uh, Adam Nestle, who was my lead broadcast guy, you know, had a couple kids, decided yep. to step away and do the do the family thing for a bit. And I was like, well, I got to fill that void. I also wanted to get it to a point where I was like, okay, it can't be me and someone else. Because I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be playing, I mean, not that I'm playing this character. I actually do run the fucking shit. But like, <laughs> it's like, I'm supposed to be the guy in charge. And I shouldn't also be the guy going, headlock takeover. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> like, wearing a suit, getting ready to make rulings, you know. Um, so it was going to be you and Chad or you and Atlee or you and whoever else you were going to be Michael Cole. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Yeah, but as long as you, you weren't in my ear yelling at me the whole time. I God damn it. That was a leg lock. <laughs> no. Um, so that's what we were going to do. And of course we had you doing, uh, the ring announcing yep. at the, at the tapings. Right. Um, when we get back to doing real shows, uh, Adam Salzer lost, a lost a very tepid friendship over being my ring announcer, so I kind of owe it to him to be my ring announcer. Kind of understandable. Uh, but I was going to have you at the table with whoever, uh, you know, as the as the babyface uh, play-by-play guy. So 
I'm a bit bummed that... uh, Oh, I am too. Well, obviously. (laughs) uh, You've lived here, I think you've lived here your whole life. I have. You know, um, it's funny, we talked about this uh, before, but you and I probably could have crossed paths at some point when I was in high school. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was, at the time, you were seeing somebody whose little brother was one of my friends. Correct. So, and I didn't really spend a lot of time at his house. But the few, the two or three times that I was at her, was at his house. I think she might have actually been in town. Okay. But never home. I don't think I've ever outside of school. I don't think I ever saw her. Okay. You know. And she. When did she graduate? When did you graduate? <laughs> All right. Never mind that. When did she graduate? She graduated. Let's see. Oh my goodness. Because I graduated in '04. So with her brother. With her brother, yes. Okay, so she must have been O two. Okay, I think... so we I I definitely knew of her and whatnot. So it's but I I was friends with her brother. Yes, uh, actually O two makes sense. Yes, and it would and it just it just would have been funny to be like, hey, yeah, exactly. You know, you like know. I, I mentioned the last name to you, and you're like, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's so-and-so. pretty. That's pretty unique. <laughs> not to be related. It's not like you went, yeah, Smith. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. Uh, yeah, it's, I think I know exactly who you're talking about. John Smith, 1882? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. But yeah, no, it's it's just funny how small the world is. Yeah. And uh, did you ever, uh, like, I know you've been a wrestling fan for, like, your whole life. You know, yeah, pretty every, much. Everybody's whole, everybody's whole life. Um, did you ever participate in the bullshit in the backyard? No. Uh, no. Well. You missed out. And so I heard. No, you didn't. <laughs> I mean, you know, nothing nothing to the level of what you guys were doing. Oh, my God. You don't know what we were doing. <laughs> I saw some videos. Some. Just some. <laughs> That's just the stuff we felt okay with putting online. But my, my uh, expertise in the ring, quotation fingers for those of you who are listening, was jumping off the arm of my couch onto a, a stack of pillows. Ah, uh, yes. We called that stack of pillows the Brooklyn Brawler. Um, <laughs> I think mine was Barry Horowitz. Ah, uh, Barry Horowitz. It was a Cardi's couch. Cardi's? <laughs> um, what was the first wrestling show that you can remember? WrestleMania 2. Remember it like it was yesterday. Motherfucker, how old are you? I was born. I am 42 years old. Oh, okay. I was five? Yeah, I at WrestleMania too. Sounds right. Oh, look at that! It's right there on the shelf. Yes, as we speak. Yes, and it's the. Affi- <laughs> Why is Nasty Boy Sags in the vision? This is the. Uh, <laughs> this is the col- the the Coliseum home video. Coliseum, yes. Coliseum, yeah. Owned, I got this owned from by uh, Hillbilly Jim. Oh Jesus! I got this from uh, Leo at his um, at his yard sale. Now I just noticed on that tape it says 120 minutes. Yes. So uh, two hours. So two hours, and you there know there were that, three locations at that show, that, and you know that damn show was not two hours long. No. The home videos were notorious, and I only know this because uh, at some point in the past, I got every Coliseum home video that ever existed because somebody had put it on a Blu-ray, and like the Silver Vision version, which is the European version of SummerSlam '92, is like the only full version of the show that includes all of the six matches they fucking left off. Oh yeah, like uh, the Matador and Shango and yeah, 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 Crush and Crush and Smash, uh, Repo Man, Smash. <laughs> but um, 
But yeah, so it's like uh, that's I, I love have that's see this is why this is why we do this from the nerd room. Yes, because you can't you can't you can't put your guard up if you're constantly surrounded by things to look at. <laughs> then you get someone in here who doesn't like wrestling, and it's just like, no, you're not going to give me a good interview. <laughs> you're not going to tell me things you shouldn't. This but, sucks. Um, but yeah, WrestleMania two was the first show that I remember. My dad uh, was working for the city of Lynn. He had a bunch of guys over from his work to watch it. So you just kind of wandered in. Yeah, yeah. I was just kind of, well, the way our apartment was set up, it was it was me and my parents and my sister in a two-bedroom apartment. Yeah. Do the math. So my bedroom, again, air quotes, was the, lawn. Was the yeah. first room you walked into, into my apartment. Mm-hmm. So you walk in, you see my bed. The next room is the living room where all the guys are drinking, having a good time, watching uh, Jake the Snake get a squash match win over somebody little tokyo no (laughs) and um i mentioned jake the snake because that's the first thing i remember from the show um and i just kind of wandered in i'm like what what is this what's going on here and at at that point you know the battle royal was coming on yeah andre the giant larger than life dressed up like hulk hogan that night yeah in the yellow trunks (laughs) um Taking on, uh, I think the last three guys was him and the Heart Foundation. And the Heart Foundation, yep. yeah. And I was just like, this is awesome. Yeah. It's when's larger the next than, one? It's larger than life. I'm like, when's the next one? And, you know, back then they didn't have the next there one. Really it was wasn't the, the next, next year, yeah. basically. Or TV. Or TV, yeah. yeah. So uh, it turned into Saturday mornings. Yeah. Uh, you know, Superstars and Challenge were back-to-back usually. Yeah. Or wasn't one of them on Sunday? I don't know. It, it, might, it, it was different it, in 86. It, yeah, it bounced around. Um, yeah. yeah, But it was always on, on the weekends. And then, uh, you know, I come home from school and ESPN would have WCCW. Oh, World Class. World Class. The tragedy of World Class. Yes. 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 So I would watch a little of that. And then, um, you know, I would discover TBS at 6.05. World Championship Wrestling. Oh. And yeah, six oh five on on the stupid station, baby. Yes, because we are live on six oh five. He got a bicycle. <laughs> um, that's the best dusty I can do. I apologize. And it just kind of grew from there. It just you know just kept on snowballing. Yeah. And oh, it never it never just go. You never just go. Oh, I'm all in. It always has to go. What is this? Ah! And then you're off and running. Right. So. You know, I started collecting the LJN rubber dog toy. Yes, the dog toys. Yes, (laughs) and and the ring that went with that. And you know, every day after school, there was a battle royal in in my in my living room, and uh, typically the junkyard dog would win. Which junkyard dog did you have? I believe he had the red trunks. Well, I think they all had the same color trunks, but they came with different color chains. Oh, I. Lost it was that like chain. black, red, and silver. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened to the chain on that thing. I lost all the accessories within like five fucking, minutes. F- fucking casual. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, no, no. <laughs> um, all right, so I asked for fan questions. Yes. Uh, but you don't have any fans, so... Apparently not. No, but... Sad. I did get a lot of well wishes for you. Uh, you can check those out. Um I did. I'm not going to pull out my phone and go, this guy sucked you off. This guy sucked you off. (laughs) Um, 
But the one thing. Oh, this is going to kill you. That did come up. This is going and I've to been, kill you. And I've been dreading this for the since we discussed having <laughs> this interview. Tell us the tale of the full event championship. <laughs> I'm sorry. Could you say that a little louder? Sorry, we're out of time. Thank you for checking out <laughs> Storytellers Beneath the Canvas. I've been, I've, I've been had. Have a good one. All right, so the full, the full event, event championship. championship. Yeah, the NCW full event. Title. Whoa, whoa! Let's not attach it to a promotion. Well, that's where it came from. It wasn't a thing. You got to understand. <laughs> All right, so the full event championship. The full event championship. Uh, we were at an NCW show setting up. Yeah. Uh. All of his stuff is in, uh, you know, the plastic Tupperware, yeah. bit, Tupperware bins. And at the bottom of one of the bins, I find this old replica of the WCW television title. Everybody had that belt. I wish I did because <laughs> I loved the, the style of that belt. So I'm like, hey, what's this? And JC's like, oh, yeah, that was our old uh, uh, New England championship. Mm. And I was like, wow. Wow, you still got it. That's pretty cool. So I put it back in the bin. Little did I know that over my shoulder, Brett Ryan Goslin noticed the belt as well. Mm. Took it out of the tub. He's like, JC, we have a 24-7 championship. <laughs> Do we now? <laughs> yeah, like... JC's like, uh, no, no, we don't. We're not doing this. Now, meanwhile, he's the heavyweight champion. He is, yes. <laughs> He's already got a belt. Yes, he is the reigning heavyweight champion at this point. <laughs> He's like, yeah, no, we got a 24-7 title. And you know, somebody, I forget who it was, brought up the logic of, we, we're not on 24-7. So I look over and you're I'm th- like... You're thinking small picture here, Davis, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I look over and I'm like, Let's call it the full event title then. It's being defended throughout the entire event. And then Brett goes, yes, that's a great idea that I just had. (laughs) So Brett was recently on Leo's show, kind of took credit for the idea. It was a joint venture. (laughs) I'm sitting here absolutely dumbfounded and astonished that not just one person is willing to take... (laughs) responsibility for this but two people are so (laughs) the idea of the full event title yeah uh as we all know the 24 7 title changes hands via pinfall usually a roll-up yeah we didn't want to do that because we wanted everybody to get involved in the in the shenanigans sure so basically, if you were holding the belt, it was yours. If you put it down, it was up for grabs. Oh, of course, yes. So I had it several times. BRG had it several times. BRG, there's actually a picture on my Facebook of him wearing both the full event title and the yes. NCW title. Uh, Robbie the Giant, Bullet Joe. Uh, I mean, you name Isana, everybody at some point in the back, in the parking lot, had this belt. It got so competitive. At one point, Robbie jumped me in the parking lot as I arrived, single-legged me, put me in an ankle lock, and made me <laughs> tap out and ran in with the belt. <laughs> um, so this went on forever. Uh, at one point, I had the belt 
right around the time I was going on vacation. Yeah. So I took the belt with me. Uh, I drove. It was a trip to Michigan to visit my wife's family. And um, foreshadowing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And every stop that I made, I cut a promo with the title. I'm the full event champion here in Lake Minnetonka, Minnesota. <laughs> uh, I'm going to cleanse myself in the waters. <laughs> so every time I cut a promo, I would add numbers to my title reigns. Oh, like Goldberg wins? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, I lost it and won it at a truck stop. Yeah, exactly. His name was Heavy G. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of these stops when you when I was driving through Michigan was the site of the old Silver Dome. Oh, yeah. WrestleMania three. Okay. Not there anymore, sadly, obviously. So I pull up to the fenced off area where the Silver Dome once stood. And there's like three guys in this massive lot staring at a hole. Like as a tourist. No, no, no. The three guys like with orange vests working the site. You'd have thought they would at least replace it with an actual Pontiac. There's nothing there. They're staring at a hole in the ground. I don't know if they can see it in the video that I shot, mm. but I'm just, I'm standing there in front of the, the sign was still there where the silver dome once stood. And I'm, I'm cutting my promo and I see these guys looking over my shoulder. Like what is, what is this guy doing? So I cut my promo, get back in the car. Guy comes over and says, what are you doing? I was like, this is where the silver dome was. Don't you know how historic this building is? He goes, no. This is a fucking excavation. That's what this is. <laughs> I said, WrestleMania 3? Hogan and Andre? He said, who? Uh. <clears throat> Pause for one second on that, because before one of the Elk Manias, I needed to get a kendo stick. Now... You, at the site of the Pontiac Silverdome, telling three people looking into a fucking ditch... Hey, WrestleMania three, Hogan, Andre, and them going, huh? Sacrilege. Yeah. Now, I was an ECW fan growing up. My friend Richard and I, you may know him as Burke Beckett. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've been following me on my Facebook, he's also the guy who was given a car by some cocksucker and it broke down, as how he put it, uh, referring to Ryan Andrews. Anyway, we are... <laughs> We're at the army barracks looking for a kendo stick because I had purchased kendo sticks there before and we have an army barracks in downtown Salem. I go to where they're usually at. It's like a umbrella bucket or whatever. And they had a bunch of different things, but they didn't have any of the bamboo swords. So I go, oh, they don't have any. And Rich is like, well, we can always ask. And the technical term for those things are shinai bamboo practice swords. Rich goes up to the motherfucker that works there and goes, <laughs> I can only imagine. yo, you got any Singapore canes? <laughs> and the guy's, and the guy who is easily, was easily born a decade after ECW ended, uh, <laughs> which I guess at this time would have made him 10. So that's a bit of a hyperbole. He's looking at him like Singapore, Singapore cane, you know, like the Sandman. And I'm like, and I'm standing there like you motherfucker. <laughs> come back here <laughs> and 
Rich is completely belligerent at this guy that A, he doesn't know what a Singapore cane is, B, doesn't know who the Sandman is, probably doesn't know what state he's in, and you know, besides confusion, and third of all, and then fourth, he's just, and and I'm like, Rich, Rich, he, he doesn't know what you're talking about. He's like, everybody knows the Sandman. <laughs> And you're telling about you're telling me about these goddamn people in Michigan staring into a fucking ditch don't know Hulk and Andre. Yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> full event title. So um, <laughs> so I, I was I said never mind I'm leaving. <laughs> so I pull out. By the way, the Silverdome, it was like in the middle of a neighborhood. Oh. Yeah, it was weird. It was I mean literally across the street houses, like ranches. Yeah, not Across, not like not like like apartments or hotels. No, or anything. like ranch like houses. houses. Yeah, single family homes. You got to imagine that shit got loud. I can only imagine, especially you know. I think the Lions played there at some point. Well, actually, nobody went to those games. Anyway, I digress. Um, so come back with the title. Fast forward. You know, it bounces around between person and person. Yeah. Come to the season finale, uh, twenty nineteen. Yes. Which would probably act as a season finale, period, up yes. until now. Uh, so, all of a sudden, the belt disappears. Uh, everybody, everybody in the locker room thinks Brett's got it. Okay. And is just hiding it so nobody steals it. So, doesn't get resolved. Who's got the belt? We have no idea. Calendar flips. We come to the first and only NCW show of 2020. Ah, yes, the infamous Ooh. fire alarm. Yes. Yes. Literally, um, the night before the state got shut down. Yes. I believe, if my memory oh, serves oh, me correctly. I believe NCW is getting ready to do like another show like within I, two weeks or something yeah, like that. And it was yeah, just I like, think ah. they had something booked at a, at a pub in Rhode Island yeah, somewhere. Yeah, NC-17 or That's something. That's what it was, yes. Or pub brawl or something yes. of that nature, yeah. So... <laughs> so i missed that show because yeah. i am sick as a dog i don't know if i have covid or not because nobody knew anything about it much like then. the much like the the championship we're discussing covid was a thing uh <laughs> this maybe not so much but covid was a thing <laughs> covid was a thing i didn't want to take any chances i'm not going to get anybody sick yeah uh especially at the beginning stages of this thing where nobody knows what the hell's going on with it oh yeah so I tell JC, I can't make the show. I'm sorry. Yeah. Little I know it would be the last time. No shit. You cursed us, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you pulled the goddamn fire alarm. It wasn't Davey. Yeah, no. Uh, no, it wasn't Davey. <laughs> it wasn't Davey this time. <laughs> Not in this reality. Uh, so, again, to me anyway, the mystery is, where's the belt? Right. Nobody would fill me in on who had it. We still don't know? I know now. Oh. I know now because I had on my show... Um, oh, so it's not going to be an exclusive. Anyway, tell me more about something else. <laughs> well, no, it'll be an exclusive. Oh, okay, yeah. Who's got it? Uh, on on my show, yeah. when I interviewed uh, Shay Cash, yes, he told me that he had it the whole time. Oh. And Brett didn't have it. That's funny. He and Castro were hoping that I w was coming to the show in 2020. Yeah. Because they were going to do a rock throws it into the <laughs> river scene. Yeah. <laughs> Except the river was that little trickle of a stream behind the building. Yes, the puddle. Yes. The puddle behind the, 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 the Dedham Elks. Yes. Yeah. To, to once and for all retire the full event championship. But that didn't happen. 
Send Shay flowers. (laughs) That didn't happen. And somehow, um, JC sound guy, Ryan. Yes. Wound up with the belt. Okay. Still has it to this day. Okay. So Ryan McConville, I believe is his name. But the real question that my listeners and viewers would like to know does he consider himself the champion? He does. Ah, son of a bitch. Let me tell you. <laughs> Not only does he consider consider himself the champion, he reminds me quite often that he is the longest reigning full event champion in NCW history. Tony Spencer has been the Granite State champion <laughs> for 10 fucking years because the, cha- the promotion he worked for where he won it went out of business. <laughs> Two or three months after he won the fucking thing. Since then, he has purchased his own belt for it. Oh, good lord. But it can only be defended in New New Hampshire. Hampshire. And we all know how much of a pain in the ass it is to get that to get a show done in New Hampshire. Actually, that's technically not true. I know APW just pulled it off. Um and I've talked to Michael about it. I was curious about it. first of all, not running in New Hampshire. That that's the thing. Most of my crew is out Fall River and yes. and, and Rhode yes. Island. Southern Mass, why Rhode Island, f- yeah. Why the fuck would I run in a state where they're all gonna have to drive seventeen hours to get to anyway? Um but like, you know, I saw what they did, it looked good, and that area has gotta be hungry for wrestling. Because all that was up there was Tommy Mack was running shows once uh once or twice a year or something like that. I know Malonis and Sopel mm-hmm. did something together. Malonis will actually be on this program at some point very very shortly he just uh he just got his new ring of honor contract as well so oh excellent we'll talk Good about for that him. Good for all him. right so the full event title that oh, that is yeah the full event title um oh there's more there is more i, I forgot <laughs> i forgot to mention this because i definitely do want to mention this okay um what do wwe superstar august gray and davis wright have in common oh fuck you we were both pinned by brett ryan goslin <laughs> on the same day and we are both former ncw full event champions marvelous <laughs> all right i'm just gonna say what everybody's thinking yes i'm jealous <laughs> see i didn't get to participate in these reindeer games because i was always out at the table, I never got to see the fucking locker room at NCW. That's true. Yep. And I remember one time going, where the fuck's that full event title? And someone handed me a dildo, and I'm like, wrong game. <laughs> it's the wrong item I came back here to find in my bag. <laughs> I stopped bringing my bag to shows. <laughs> Uh, I was always I was always concerned that I was going to end up with that dildo. I was always going to I was always concerned I was going to use it, uh, <laughs> and then bring it back, and they're like, "That's not the right color." <laughs> Hi, welcome to Todd Gets Cancelled Beneath the Canvas. That's, somebody did say that to me. The longer you have this podcast, the, 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 the closer you get to being cancelled because you just can't fucking help yourself. <laughs> um, so that's, that is the full story of the full event champion. That is the full and still ongoing story of the full event oh, title. Oh no, because there is no ongoing it, story. Oh, I believe... If I know Ryan as well as I think I do, he will keep it going. And if he doesn't, Brett will, because he's going to want some sort of gold around his waist. Now let's talk about Brett for a second here. Okay. Brett is a fucking... I believe that Tom and I almost went to jail for Brett Ryan Goslin at a fucking NCW oh, show. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Because I'm sitting... I am sitting at the table 
and Tom is there to ring the bell. Tom was there. I think Sean was on the show, and Tom was his ride. And I believe so, yeah. All the dickbusters getting in one place at one time was always a good time. Anyway, um, this was the night Tyler Sintron debuted. Yes. And Tyler Sintron had a lot of friends in college come out to this show because they wanted to see him wrestle. None of which could pick him up at the train station because guess who did that? Really? That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> that's Hey, that's that's a deep cut. I didn't, I didn't know that. I almost called this show Deep Cuts, but somebody already obviously did that. So I had to put two names together to be like, oh, no one's got storytellers beneath the canvas wrestling's worst fucking story podcast. You know, no one's fucking so nobody was going for that. The 75, the, you know, the very wordy title. Go figure. Um, so, uh, Tyler Sintron's fans, the whole night they're, they're loud, which is oh, great, yeah. which is great. I love that about fans. Yep. And, and I'm pretty sure, you know, cause they sell alcohol at the building. They do. So it's like, they probably made a mint and probably look good that night, which I'm sure, you know, if I was, if I had college friends or if I ever went to college, if I had friends coming that were like heavy drinkers, I'd be like, really drink up. Cause it's going to make me look good with you all wearing my t-shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, so Tyler comes out. It was either the beginning of the second half or something. He does his match. He, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was the beginning of the second yeah, half. Yeah, he does his match, and his 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 crew of fans and friends are pretty fucking knackered. And uh, out comes Brett. I'm pretty sure it was the main event. Yep. Out comes Brett, and he was being flanked by Channing Thomas and the lovely Sierra. Yes. And Sierra, who is a fucking wonderful young human being, is playing a bitch character and doing it very well. I remember telling her early on, I said, look, I've seen a lot of people try to play the character you're playing with years and years of experience. It was like her first fucking year. Mm -hmm. And she was coming out and fucking nailing it. And I was just like, and that's when I realized, ah, this is really a young person's game. They know where the pulse is. My finger is straight up my ass because I don't know where the pulse is. I think the pulse is somewhere in the area of long promos, you know. Um, but anyway, they're coming out and um, and immediately these fucking college idiots are harassing the girl. Yep. And you know the rules. You get too close to the ring, you fucking pay for it. Absolutely. And uh, they're walking around the ring. Now, I know if you're watching it, it's not like I have video up of it. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have it somewhere because I know I filmed it. But uh, they come out, and the way the ring is set up in Dedham, one of the sides is like almost against the wall. So it's a very small. Just enough for someone to land out there if they yeah, get tossed on exactly. that side. Exactly. Just a small walkway. And they're walking, and the whole time these guys are like harassing Sierra. And Channing Thomas is doing what. Brett is in the ring. Channing is doing what he can to like put her in front and him behind so she's not in any danger. And she wasn't. She wasn't in any danger. But Brett saw. Uh, what was going on leans out through the middle rope and knocks the hat off of one of the the big drunks um at that point he starts to motion towards the ring channing and sierra have already come around the other side of the ring he starts to motion towards the ring towards brett and me and tom are on him like you can't fucking do that yep and tom and i <laughs> on that particular night we're ready to go to jail for wrestling. And uh, <laughs> I think I think I had just been broken up with or I was going through some shit and Tom was going through. I think we both went through some shit at the same time and it was just like, 
do I see motherfuckers? <laughs> we gotta go kill some motherfuckers, you know? So we get up and uh, we walk right over to the guy and it's just like, you need to back off the ring. And we're trying to be nice. Mm-hmm. And we know he's drunk and everything. But, like, he wasn't giving us any shit particularly, but it also, he wasn't motioning like he was going to back down. Right. And I'm like, okay, buddy, you need to back down. And uh, eventually things kind of subsided, but you could tell that guy was angry and embarrassed in front of his friends. Yes. That motherfucker, when the match was over, uh, Brett had gone back to the locker room with everybody. Everybody, all all the people in the match were in the clear, but this guy was fucking standing around. I remember that. Looking, yep. looking, trying to get a look through the curtain. He's like, if you thought you were going to get killed just getting in the ring, imagine what happens when a bunch of half-naked people <laughs> and a full-naked Dan Terry are beating the <laughs> shit out of you with things that aren't their hands in the fucking locker room. Right. Um... Let me get the podium. I am so sorry for that comment. I didn't mean to offend, but the the long and short of it is, is like this guy. I think this guy was even waiting in the fucking parking lot. I don't know about the parking lot. I for, know at he, least for a, for a moment, it was like, is that guy still fucking here? He hung around pretty much through the entire breakdown of the ring and the set. Yeah. So he, he yeah he he was he was waiting and uh, I, I and if I, I remember correctly, Tyler was gone at that point. Oh yeah. So he was somebody got him a ride back to the train station. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think, um, and I don't think, I don't think Tyler ever wrestled in NCW again. No, he did not. Um, but the long and short of it is, is like Brett is also very young, and if he and and I'm going to say it like this, uh, he's been through a lot for someone at his age, and that's the kind of shit that motivates you to be a better performer. And if he can keep up what he's doing now, then in five or six years, he'll either be on TV mm-hmm. or be the only thing anyone's talking about in terms of heat in this area. Right. You You're know, absolutely so, right. So, I, you know, to Brett Ryan Gosling, the <laughs> he, riot maker. Yeah, he was one of my favorite guests on my show, too. Yeah. Um, he's so nice. I, I know we're fucking ruining the mystique here, but he's so fucking <laughs> breaking nice. Breaking down the fourth wall, but yeah. Look, I, he just did Leo's, okay? Like, he, well, true. He, God damn it. But, um, but the way he, again, breaking down the fourth wall, the way he slipped in and out of character yes. with every question that I asked him was incredible. Yeah. Like, I would ask him a question about a fundraiser he was doing, and it, it was, you know, puppy dogs and rainbows. And then I would ask him a question about the show coming up where he's, you know, going up against Robbie in a street fight. And be like, fuck Robbie. Yeah. yeah. Like, all of a sudden. But I like butterflies. Like that, he was in yeah. back in character, and I was like, holy shit. But, yeah, Brett was definitely one of my favorite guests on my show. Yeah. And I like I like that you were able to roll with that. Uh, Leo Connors. My my good friend, with whom I'll be on his show in another couple weeks. I think it's the beginning of March. What is this? Twelve. I have nothing. I have nothing to sell. I just want to go on and do the name game. Because <laughs> you never do it. Because I've been on five or six times, <laughs> and I talk like they, we get the we get six fan questions. I'm like, let me tell you a fucking hour long story in five minutes. <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> Leo Connors has me on, and I didn't to. I don't see that's the thing. It sounds like Brett didn't tell you he was going to do that. He just did that. And you were like, oh, all right. You know, and you kind of rolled with it because yep. Yep. Leo, I was on, I was on as a guest and someone had asked a storyline related question. 
and I had to slip between Todd Graham, the interviewee, and Derek Simonetti, the character who was responding in character. <laughs> and Sean Leader had sent in a question saying, um, hey, what's happening with the Dick Busters? Oh, I recall this, yeah. And I go, I don't know, Sean. Tell me what the fuck is happening with the Dick Busters, which is a storyline response. Right. By the way, I'm not trying to do spoilers on my own shit, but this is just a funny story. And I felt like such a piece of shit. I mean, more than I usually do. <laughs> so Sean asked the question. I go, I don't know, Sean. You tell me. And Leo goes, you know, I was supposed to have him on my show. Oh, yeah? Well, where was he? Oh, his girlfriend was in a horrible car accident, and he couldn't make the show. And immediately, I'm like, <laughs> you motherfucker. Because yeah. immediately, I had, to, I had to go, well, yeah, his, his girlfriend was in a very bad car accident. Slip right and, back into Todd Graham. Uh, I talked to her recently, and she's doing a whole lot better, and, and et cetera, et cetera. But that fucking Sean Leader, you know? <laughs> And I'm just like, you motherfucker. <laughs> like, I love you, Leo Connors. By the way, Todd, uh, future Todd, put in the information on how to get to the <laughs> ring and all of the sports right here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it was just like the fact that he could slip in and out and you were just like, ah, yes. Yeah. You know, that's like, that. You could tell when you were talking to Brett the person or Brett the wrestler. Right. Because when he's a wrestler, he's got a deeper voice. A little bit, but when I he's mean, but when he's be, when he's being deep. when he's being Brett, I don't think his balls have dropped yet. Oh come on now, <laughs> you're gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> and then he's gonna drive from Connecticut to do this show and go. Let me tell you something about that Ryan fucking Melanophy, that Davis wrong. Um, oh, yeah, like I haven't heard that one before. That's that's one of that's one of my fit. Phil, you know Phil, my camera guy. Yes, yep. Fucking, so he's so good. <laughs> like <laughs> before shows, like. He'll fucking cut a promo on everybody. He's like, heavy hitter. Heavy hitter, you put an S before the H, and I'll tell you how I feel about that guy. Like, which I'm pretty sure, I forget, it's a, that's a Steve Austin thing. But like, yeah. but the long and short of it is, give him a name, he'll cut He'll cut the promo. He's, he is, uh, Phil is one of the, uh, or Nick Rage, as he is known, is one of the um, rare uncut gems that people don't really know about. And a lot of it has to do with WAW. Mm. And that's okay. Um, and he's still he's still my favorite camera person. And uh, hopefully hopefully we'll be able to find someone who can do what he does so we can put him in a fucking ring. <laughs> you know, like, you've been filming for me for five years. It's time I give you a match. Yeah. You know? <laughs> give yeah. me something. You know? Um, he uh, would always leave me notes, like halftime notes yeah. for shows. He'd be like, Dave is wrong. <laughs> Nobody listens to work into a shoot. Stop plugging it. All right. P.S. You suck. See? See? <laughs> See? Here I was getting ready to go. What else can we talk about? Let's talk about work into a shoot. And I'm going to do with you what I did with Mike Montero. Okay. And spend 45 minutes on one fucking question. And that was my fault, by the way. <laughs> I'm not blaming Mike. That was me. It's just like, name five people you'd like to work with. He'd name one person. I'd completely cut him off and talk for a half an hour about that person. <laughs> Once again, this is Todd's podcast. Uh, don't don't tune into a Todd podcast and not expect, not expect Todd, Todd to be Todd. Yeah. Uh, like, would you show up thinking I was going to be like, that was a great answer. Next question. It's like Chris Farley on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Do you remember when you had your own podcast? Uh, yeah. 
All right. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> Kevin Smith. I almost did this to Sean Waltman when I met him. Because Sean, I, the one, two, three kid was my favorite wrestler up to this day. He was the... He was the reason I got into wrestling, but I was always too big to be an underdog. And then I broke my neck. So now every match that I have after this, if I ever do, I'm the underdog. <laughs> <laughs> and stupid. But um, I was listening to uh, a Kevin Smith um, Q&A, and he was talking about, like, like, I love Bruce Willis. I fucking love it. I had to come up with something to say to him. And I'm just like, you know how when you're talking to somebody and you ask something really, like, obvious but you know just trying to find something to relate with them there's a you know like i almost went up to sean waltman and went like sean do you like pussy (laughs) (laughs) me too you know like (laughs) but like so anyway you had a podcast um so what i'm gonna do um what i'm gonna do now is we're gonna do another top five okay and i'm not necessarily putting you on the spot with this because i told you ahead of time i'm gonna do a top five yes and uh, let's preface it like this. I mean, you're leaving the area. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. Top five guests that you've had and why on your show. And do and you can either do them in no specific order or you can count us up. Five, four, three. Okay. All right. Um, Which, once again, for an on-the-spot thing, I would expect no order. But uh, Yeah, no, I, I'm not going to put them in any particular order. Um, and I might go more than five because there have been so many great interviews on Honorable show. mentions. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Um, well, <laughs> you, why, you think you could do ten? I might be able to do ten. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But, um, Let me get my tally sheet. <laughs> uh, Robbie the Giant. Yeah. Was a great interview. Um for a few reasons. Okay. One, uh, it was my first, I believe it was my first on location that wasn't the chop shop. Where did you go for that one? The Silver City Galleria. Where the fuck? Does he work there? Like, he where? did. Ah. He did. He worked at the Olympia Sports in that mall. Oh, the, yeah. oh so it's a mall. It's okay. a mall, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Uh, so we, uh, we did the interview in the food court. <laughs> how re- long, do you remember how long that one went? It was about 35, 40 minutes. It's pretty uh, short. Oh, I have Robbie coming in uh, next Sunday, actually. <laughs> so, uh, wow. He's like, let's just talk about my height for a while. I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know. Uh, so being on location in a mall, having people looking at us weird because we're talking yeah. into microphones and <laughs> just people walking by with their fucking goodies. Just yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, is someone walk, walking by with their master walk being like, what the, what's going on over there? <laughs> master walk. <laughs> Are you sure he wasn't carrying a diet orange slice? Like, did you have to be so brand loyal on that one? Um, Uh, But also, uh, and I didn't know this about Robbie when he told me that he had appeared in the WWE. Yes, WBL. Yes. Yes. Yep. I I had no idea. No no clue at all. I refer to him as Robbie Arabia because he was in Saudi. He was. He told me about that, too. Yeah. And his match got cut at, like, the last minute. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was a lot of fun talking with Robbie. We were hyping up the uh, the street fight against BRG. Yes, yes. Which show. you know what? Uh, ba- I remember. I just I think I rewatched some of that because I have all the raw footage, and I remember rewatching some of that. And I'm just like, I remember when that match was about to happen, and Robbie's like the hometown boy 
Yeah, uh, it took place in Bristol. For Bristol, because yep. they started doing a lot of shows in Bristol. I have actually missed most of the Bristol shows. For what reason, I can't even tell you. Probably just bad headspace. But I remember when Robbie and BRG was announced for Bristol, I'm just like, oh, they're going to give it to them. Even if it's just for one show. And that's the shit that I live on. That Jeff Hardy versus Undertaker ladder match magic. Make that, yourself famous, kid. That, that Brett versus one, two, three kid on Raw magic where it's just like, ah, you know the kid's not going to win, but he fucking, he was, and that's what made me want to see. I'm fucking feeling it right now. That's what made me want to be a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, they're going to they're gonna give Robbie that moment. And they didn't, but, uh, you know. But that match was friggin' incredible. I yeah. actually had the honor of calling it after the fact. I dubbed play by play on it. You're welcome, because I wasn't there. <laughs> like, that's, that's what that well, was. Well, I was ring announcing. Uh, Shane wasn't there either. Yeah, you know what? I it was it was it was something. It was just yeah. like we're not all going. Fuck this. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. Now, now that I've been trapped in the fucking house for the last year and change, you better believe I'm going to Bristol. <laughs> Look, I had the COVID. I'm going to Bristol. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bringing it to Bristol. <laughs> um. Another one of my favorite guests, and I'm going to lump these two together, okay. um, Stephen Broad and Stephen Lust. Did you do them like on the same day? I did not. Or, well, obviously, because they're the team. Yeah. Right. So I did... Uh, let me rephrase that. I interviewed Stephen Lust uh, at the chop shop before a training session, which yep. most of my interviews took place at. Yep. yep on a Monday night. Yeah. yeah. On a Monday night, grabbing someone while training was going on. Yeah. Um, and he just... He was a great guy to talk to. I mean, he is an absolute prick when he's in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember the, uh, the Newburyport kids fest. Is that the one PG? It was a PG and an APW, APW yeah. joint thing. What was the match? Do you remember? Uh, lost in Montero. Yes, that was, that uh, was right before we did level five. Okay. So, so lust comes out. I, I've got the middle sex express shirt on. Yeah. And which uh, one? The hot sauce. Nice. Okay. Yes. And uh Future Todd link to the store. <laughs> so I'm out there, he notices the shirt. He's like, Hey, you know, this guy right here, he knows what's going on here. Hold my gum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking at it and I'm like Juicy fruit. Do it do I do I put it in my mouth? No. <laughs> <laughs> There are times where you'll have to ask yourself that fucking question. Yeah. That might not be in one of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, spearmint, juicy fruit. Was it one of those fucking, was it one of those fruit stripe things where you like, chew, chew, there's no more flavor trash? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So, uh, so we, you know, we talked about that for a little bit and, uh, it just a great guy all around to talk to. Yeah. And, and um, one of my best friends in this business and in general. Like, I, I don't know how many times I've had conversations with Steve when it's just like, yeah, you get me. And an amazing wrestler. And completely Incredible underrated. Wrestler. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I There was a time and, you know, maybe I could be biased because I'm his friend and I and I liked him and, and, and Steve uh, abroad as much as I did. Uh, but it's like at one time I'm fairly certain that they were one of, if not the best local tag teams that there was. And they wrestled everybody everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, like how, how how do you get better? You keep wrestling people yep. better than you. And it got to a point where it's just like, okay, they're the, they're the top of the chain. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so you said you interviewed Steve. Uh, 
you interviewed Ollie, but uh, when you got to when you got to Broad, <laughs> when I, I when I interviewed Broad, he had just turned into Pimp Daddy Apple Cinnamon. Yes. So I think it was after his match at oh, I can't remember the event that it was, but it was against Deshaun mm-hmm. where they stole the show. They they went on for like five minutes and it was just like move 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 move. It yeah, was, I think that might have been. Um, I think it was an RWA. It was definitely show. an RWA show, and I remember I think I called it, and uh, I remember going, "Oh, it's really nice to see this because he had he had." All right, I'm not going to tell any. I'm not going to say any names here and tell any tales out of school, but he had tried single stuff before, and I think if everybody knows what I'm talking about, yeah, he had tried single stuff before, and I will say this. I never used him properly in his roles as a single guy. Mm -hmm. And then when he started doing Pimp Daddy, I still had him as a member of the team, even though it was very clear that the two of them were slowly kind of dividing. Not splitting up Sean Marty style, but like they were splitting up and they were going to go do different things. Right. And, um, you know, I don't think I ever gave him the opportunity to be single Steve Broad on my product but mm-hmm. i got to see it when i was helping with the book at rwa and the match with Deshaun. i once you said it i'm like i know exactly what match you're talking about because mm-hmm. it stood out he yeah. got, he it, it, you got to see what this new character was right did he do the whole fucking interview through the megaphone he certainly did <laughs> he certainly did it sounded like i was talking to him through a prison wall on the phone that's really fucking great dude yeah that's fucking great <laughs> <laughs> yep. You want to talk about getting shit over? Anyway, uh, did you did you get any clear answers to questions? I did. Actually, the audio came out pretty well. <laughs> well, with that thing constantly humming, it never allowed the mic to turn off. So he, Exactly. He, so yeah, it's just perfect. picking up the, the feedback. From... <laughs> so future guests, if you have a megaphone handy, probably work out. Uh... <laughs> <clears throat> future guests on my podcast, I've got good equipment. Fuck what he just said. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to Michigan. I'll have different guests. That's right. <laughs> All right. So, Will um, Sex, Robbie. Yep. Um, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, in in amongst all the the you know talking about your injury and talking about yeah you know what place you were in mentally, and it, you, it gave me the opportunity to get to know you. Yeah. And that is why I'm sitting here right now. That's why there is a here right now is because we got to do that. Right. I like to, well, first of all, I must love the sound of my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> like I've never really, look, I've been going to therapy for uh, since, since, uh, 2018 and, uh, like consistently. And, uh, I'm pretty sure we have hashed out that I like the sound of my own voice. <laughs> um, What's what's the old saying? Um, don't toot your own horn. Well, who better knows the song? Right. Like, motherfucker, you're going to let people do covers? Fuck that. <laughs> and that's why I'm also, uh, I almost said a magician. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah, no, your your podcast, I, I always came on your podcast with the sense of, I don't care what he's trying to accomplish. I'm going to accomplish something else for yeah, him. Yeah, you, you would blatantly <laughs> hijack it. You would go live on your Facebook page. Yeah. We, we would this do is a- my show now, too. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Yep. This is the Todd and Davis Wright worked into a shoot program. (laughs) 
And I remember you telling me, like, Chad came on and he was trying to beat your time. And I'm like, yeah, motherfucker's <laughs> not going to beat my time. You had to cut one of ours into two pieces. I no did. one's beating my fucking time. Um, and Actually, the, Chad was before you. Chad yes. set, set the mark and you, you and blew it out like, of the water the next week. Let me week. just piss all over this <laughs> fucking line. Um, let me just fucking just scratch that right the fuck out. Um, no, man. I just... I have never been able to be the um, tall, dark, handsome, silent type because I don't have a lot of those traits. But the, the I always woke up and self-esteem. I have a problem with self-esteem apparently too. But I always woke up in the morning trying to be like, I'm not going to talk all day today. And grant, and then fucking thirteen hours later, I come home from whatever I'm doing. And I'm just like, I talked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like I, 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 I have tried to be quiet, and I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to believe that the shit that comes out is at least either entertaining, informative, or not just me going ah, <laughs> making noise for the sake of noise. Um, Jesus, sorry to the sound guy. You know, if those of you wearing headphones, we apologize. This is not safe for ears. <laughs> NSFE. Um, so thank you for that. Um, you know, I really enjoyed my time on your podcast. It's what made me want to do a podcast. It made because I realized on all those shows that I hijacked from you that I was also interviewing you. Yeah. You know, and it was just like we're getting to know each other right. with this. Like you asked me a question, I'm like, well, why don't you tell me so that they can find out too? Because that's the thing. If you ever, there are sometimes you listen to podcasts and all they ever do is have guests. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be times on this podcast where I, I'm alone. And maybe I'll ask, you know, the people out, the, the people, my friends, my family, whoever sees my Facebook posts, maybe I'll ask them for questions and then I'll answer them in depth. Maybe for the first time, maybe not. Maybe I'm just repeating myself, mm-hmm. but maybe they didn't listen to your podcast. I did, a, I did 45 minutes on my addiction to collecting. And I think it is, I re-listened to it just the other night because, A, I love the sound of my own voice, and two, uh, I wanted to remember what I had said and just make sure it was like, what I, you know, because sometimes fucking half this podcast has been us busting balls and having fun. But, you know, when I talk about serious shit, I want to make sure the information is is out there and right and I'm not giving the wrong idea because... You see people on Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, that that's not real life. That's not who these people are. That's not even me. You know, I had this conversation with my friend Chris. He's like, that's not, no matter how close you think it is to you, it's not even you. That's not the you that lives in this world. Mm-hmm. That's the you that you are projecting. And I'm just like, well, that's everybody. If you know a hundred people, there's a hundred different versions of you. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Anyway, number four. <laughs> uh, uh, this one um ranks up there solely for the way that i handled it yeah poorly uh <laughs> insane dick lane that's <laughs> all right how did you handle that poorly well little backstory is that he he would uh, uh, like i said i record at the chop shop yeah he's always there on a monday night yeah he would always crash my show He'd always just walk over, yeah. Yeah, he would always just walk over and say, Hello, Davis Wright. This is my podcast now, you motherfucker. <laughs> They'll let anybody on this show. I am so, from France. So yeah. I finally let him on the show. Yeah. And we uh, we got into a great conversation. We were about maybe five, seven minutes in. I didn't hit record. Hang on one second. 
<laughs> Actually. Now you got me paranoid. Okay. That one's going. And. Oh, you motherfucker. Nope, that one's going. And, uh, and uh, that one's going. I'm probably not even going to cut that out. Uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hang on. Just to make sure the focus is good. All right, cool. All, All right. right. Uh, so, yeah, didn't hit record. I look down and I see the I see the because we we have the same recorder. Yes, you know the blinking record means it's yeah. Standby. You gotta hit record twice. Hit it twice to yeah. make it record. I hit it once. So, <laughs> so I was in standby for eight minutes. Yeah. So I look down and I'm like, "Fuck, Dick, I hate to do this to you." <laughs> Everything that you just said in the past five minutes, can you remember it and you know repeat it verbatim? No, brother. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what I got. <laughs> so I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. It it wasn't recording. Mm. So I try to recreate the magic <laughs> on take two. And, you didn't have any blue Hawaiians handy, eh? And, <laughs> and ask him the same exact question verbatim. And he's like, hang on, brother. I do a terrible dick lane. <laughs> I'm not going to let what just happened go unnoticed this motherfucker didn't hit the record button and now we gotta do all this shit over again this motherfucker didn't hit the record button he is now one of the wackest players in the game Whack. <laughs> and at the same time conway walks through he's like you didn't hit record <laughs> what was this one of my shows <laughs> motherfucker so uh, he's cackling in the background. Sean Leader's eating spaghetti out of the trash. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's right. <laughs> he was. Oh. So yeah, that that was a- after everything got settled. It was actual a great... spaghetti, not me, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, not side of spaghetti. Yes. Actual spaghetti. <laughs> a- a- after we got past that, it was a great interview, but it, oh. it was definitely a, a memory in the back of my mind solely for the fact that I did not hit record. <laughs> and Sean eating spaghetti out of the trash. My lord. By the handful. Now, there's one thing that I have learned being Dick Lane's uh, close confidant uh, over time is that if you feed him one or two blue Hawaiians, you will get the real Dick Lane. <laughs> now, a lot of people wonder sometimes, and he's going to be upset I'm telling secrets, but fuck him. Where was he when I needed him? Um, so once again, yep. in and out, yep. uh, we would go out to Applebee's and he would order the blue, Hawaii, uh, the blue thing. We would refer to it as the blue thing. And we would go to Applebee's the same one all the time after NCW. And we'd get the same waitress. Most of the time I like, yes, I'll take a blue thing and he'd get a fucking blue thing and be a big fucking scorpion bowl sized blue Hawaiian. <laughs> and you give him a couple of those. Now. Like I said, people want to know, what does Dick Lane really sound like? He really sounds like that. That's he who, does. That's who Dick Lane yeah, is. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's a, he's a one, 24 hours a day, seven days a week Mitch Hedberg routine on repeat. And you get him drunk, though. The NASDAQ. <laughs> we call him NASDAQ. Because he'll be sitting at the table and he'll get drunk and he'll just be like, the NASDAQ has dropped 10 points. <laughs> And they're selling the world's coldest $8 beers. And everybody is trashed and enjoying themselves because they're like, oh, my God. And I remember I had told that story to Grogan. And we had gone to a show. 
And from across the room, Grogan sees Dick, and Grogan goes, The Nasdaq has dropped (laughs) ten points. And Dick comes running across the room. How do you know about that? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. uh, (laughs) So, yeah, he's a good time. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, Good times. So, Dick. Uh, T-Phoenix. T-Phoenix. T-Phoenix is, um, obviously, I'm going to have him on here. Yep. Uh, but T T Phoenix is going to get this canceled. Um, not that kind of canceled. Like he's going to motherfuck everyone until I go, you're right. And then we don't get to work in this business anymore. Um, he was notorious for being on, uh, the monster Mac podcast, um, where he would come on. I, you know, he'd be, he'd be on like once every 10 or 12 different people. And it would always be like, let's put over RWA stuff. But every interview was always like sitting there talking with your buddy. And he's just like, ah, fuck him. (laughs) And you could get away with it because, well, he's working team Phoenix. Uh, he's like, I got my own building. Kick me out of it. You know? (laughs) Um, I mean, you know, anyway, but so he's always a good guest. Uh, what was the main reasoning for adding him to this list? Uh, well, he was my first <laughs> a little wink to the camera. Uh, he was my first guest. Uh, so he was kind of like the Guinea pig of how this thing was going to go. And he, and he didn't hold back and that's what I needed. Right. That I needed somebody who was going to be comfortable answering my questions, whatever they were going to be. Right. Uh, the second time I had him on, it is still to this date, my most listened to show. Because he held nothing back. Do you remember like what he was talking about? Um, because you've only been doing this podcast since what? Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. So twenty nineteen. There was a lot of interesting things that had gone on. A lot. Yeah. And um, knowing T, he probably didn't just. He's like, all right, let's set fire to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. pretty much what he did. In fact, the episode's called "T Phoenix on Fire." <laughs> that's uh, right. I think I remember listening to it then, but I completely forget. Yeah. He just um he just went off on everything. I mean, if I got into specifics, we'd be here for another four hours. <laughs> but, four hours just explaining the several hours he did. <laughs> yes. In his podcast. Yes, but he 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 covered it all. I mean, he did his best not to mention names. Yeah, obviously, because you know he was still running running shows well, at that point. Yes, of course. Yeah. Well, he's still. I mean, technically, he's still running shows. D- but true. Yeah, I shouldn't say that RWA is dead. Of course, it's no. not. The Chop Shop, unfortunately, is gone by the wayside. But with the merger of Elkmania and PG, can you imagine how upset people would be if suddenly it was like PG and RWA are now merging? You know <laughs> how many of my friends? Like, I had some people that were kind of miffed about the Elkmania PG merger. I mean, miffed is it's like it what there was no real heat or anything. Yeah. But let me tell you something. I get heat from my friends if for whatever reason PG was tied to anything that had anything to do with the end of RWA. So, T, I'll help you I'll, I'll help you fix it. I don't <laughs> you can keep it. I don't think you'd give it away. People got RWA tattoos. That's what I'm saying. Yes. No yes. PG fists on anybody that I know of yet. <laughs> so, uh Honorable mentions, um, Jay Frost, just because of um, Heart of Warrior. We we did a podcast to hype up a show he and was, talk about... Uh, I don't really know him that well. Uh, I think I might have met him once or twice, mm. but he was... He, he was, also ran out of the chop shop. Yes. He was very helpful when I was doing the charity campaign, which I'm still doing a charity campaign for the rest of the year. I just haven't been too vocal about it because... Mm-hmm. Like I want to be, I want to be able to like, Hey, donate and you can get this and a raffle and this, et cetera. And I don't have anything set up yet. Um, so I'm thinking April is going to be a big, yeah. 
a big month, like I said, five year anniversary, we'll come up with something. Yeah, get get your ducks in a row, and then yeah, you know. and then be like, all right, yeah, now give the sick kids your money. <laughs> um, none of that money goes to me. It doesn't even pass through me. It goes directly to them. So Jay Frost, yeah, so he was a nice guy. He's a really nice guy to me. I just don't know him. Yep. So we did a show hyping up uh, his most recent uh, Heart of Warrior show. He went into the story about how his daughter was at Boston Children's and yeah. was going through some stuff. Uh, again, listen to my show. I won't do it justice here. Um, uh, on the same line, uh, Nick Kercheri. Yes. Yes. With uh, WTF. Yeah. Um, always raising money for a, a great cause. Always names his show after a color of a ribbon that raises money for... He's been listening to my commentary. <laughs> yeah. And uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Let me think. You know, my my COVID shows, I guess I'll call them, the ones that w- were done by Zoom in my basement. Yeah. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And the thing... Oh. Not the best uh, uh, quality, but no, some, not, it's not even that. Some good guests came out of there. Uh, Riot, Kellen Thomas, yeah, fantasy, uh, fantasy draft. Oh, the fantasy <laughs> draft! Holy shit! Oh man, yeah, we got to talk about that. All right, let's. All right, so let's let's tell the story. You're gonna you're gonna know it better than. Oh, you know what? Fuck it. I'll I'll set it up, and you tell me what happened that night. So, okay. um, our friend Stephen Baker, the king, the king, yes. Um, he's now the creator or just playing Leon or whatever his new gimmick is. Um, he was working with, uh, a number of us, namely he was working with PG. He was working with RWA. W. He was working with RWA. <laughs> I'm from here. Um, and, uh, sometime in 2019 going into 2020, um, we all had kind of a, a a business falling out. I had a business falling out with Steve Baker. We had, you know, I'd never, I never, you know, I was probably upset about not being able to fulfill certain things that I wanted to do, but we have since obviously patched things up. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't speak for him and T, but I know that uh, for a time there, he had ruffled some feathers and he was no longer working with myself or T Phoenix or essentially anybody at the shop. Yeah. He was basically blackballed. I, I wouldn't say blackballed. He no. left. Oh, he just left on his own. Okay. He left. You know, uh, I think, I think, uh, I don't know what story, I don't know what story has gone around, but in my case, you know, you know, he was going through some shit and some of that shit included, you know, what had happened at, at RWA, which was him and T had a falling out. So right. they weren't going to work together no more. Right. And then of course T ran the building I ran in and, you know, and then of course we had, we had differences creatively as well. And I'm sure I'll have him on this show to talk about everything. Cause he's been pretty vocal. We t- I think I was on his recently. Uh, and we talked something about it, but like literally there's, there's no beef between me and Steve Baker. Um, and you know, uh, there was a falling out there and then you went and did a, it was a, um, it was a fantasy draft, a fantasy draft for our guys, essentially pretty much. Yeah. And you can take it from here. Okay. So I put together this fantasy draft and I got, uh, three promoters, uh, on board with me. Uh, I was supposed to be four promoters. Somebody backed out. That's me. Cause I knew the shit storm was coming. Yes. I actually predicted ahead of time that what and, happened was going to happen. And you were right. Um, 
luckily nothing fell on me. Um, As it shouldn't have. Uh, but I, it was at the beginning of COVID. Everybody was at home. Nobody was going anywhere. Oh, yeah. We, we didn't know when this was going to end. We still don't. Right. So I figured, you know, use the resources that I got and let's just do something to try to entertain ourselves and maybe some other people. Yeah. So I put together the fantasy draft. I had T, I had Atlee, and I had Nick. Yes. Uh, representing their organizations. And originally it was supposed to be me in there. I think JC. Uh, JC. Yeah. JC was one of the originals that I asked, but he, he was like a hard maybe. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah, exactly. A tentative. Maybe a maybe, maybe yeah. he, he was kind of like, yeah, I'll do it. If you can't find someone else. Yes. So, so, and then you told me that, uh, you politely declined. Yes. So I stepped in as the fourth promoter. Right, why not? Yeah, of course. Play, play with your own toys. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so we did the we did the fantasy draft, and um, you know we're about halfway through, and it comes up to my turn. So I see King still on the list okay. as available. So I was like, I'm I'm surprised that this guy has lasted this long here because I think he's a great wrestler in the area. Yeah, I'll take King Leon, and then all of a sudden I hear. I'm not surprised. <laughs> and I'm thinking, did did T just say that? I mean, I know there was some rift between them. Yeah. So, And, and then didn't Atlee follow up? No. The thing is, I looked back at the video. Yeah. Atlee said, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it was... It wasn't T. It was Atlee. <laughs> I just thought it was T because of the Because you knew about them. that yeah. heat. You, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I see Atlee's lips move, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, uh, Steve messaged me, um, basically saying, you know, I don't hold anything against you. I'm just shocked that... Um, or did he message me? No, this came out actually in a, in a, in a, uh, like a comment thing on the post. And then I... I reached out to Steve and I was like, I meant no harm in this. I meant, you know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, wanna, I didn't put you on the list to get ribbed. Yeah. I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel like I, I was burying you. And he's like, no, no hard feelings against you. It's, it's something between me and them. And you know, everything was cleared with me. I don't know where it went after that, Yeah, but I was just shocked that it was at <laughs> that said something. And I, and I know exactly why he did. <laughs> Cause I, I had heard about, um, I don't, I don't really, I, it's not that, it's not that I don't want to tell the story, but I just, it's one of those things where I don't feel it's my story to tell the long and short is I think I've had the, I think I've joked about this with King as well. Uh -huh. So I don't think if I told it, it would be like a tales out of school. Let's put it this way. The short version of this is, is without telling the whole story is there was a situation at an Elk Mania show where, um, somebody needed to get replaced in a match. A decision was made, and after the decision was made, a creative pitch was sent to Atlee that was very not <laughs> taken the right way, and uh, <laughs> not necessarily not taken the right way, but it was very, it was very, and I think Steve would agree, it was very indicative of how he was acting at the time, 
And like I said, I think I've joked with him about it. Yeah. And if he's hearing this for the first time, hit me up. I'll tell you. We'll talk about it then. <laughs> but I, like, I'll have him on. Or I'll have, I'll have Atlee on, and we'll get. Oh, it'll be a fun time. But the long and short of it is, something was suggested. It was clearly not the direction that we wanted to go in, and it was denied. Uh-huh. And and we and and the follow through was kind of odd. But the long and short of it is, is that. <laughs> And I've said that a number of times. Uh, is that uh, it was it was interesting, and uh, I do get a kick reliving it now that Atley was the one who said something yes. first. And you, I remember watching it, and I remember I remember there was like a hint of a gleam and tease. I like I didn't have to say it first, you know. <clears throat> and then Nick was like, "And I pick the Hollywood balds," and uh, you know, like moving yep. along. Yeah, with the just kind of. He's just like, and I'll pick the next yep. two. My uh, turn, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, but, uh, but I mean, the fantasy draft was a good time. I think people enjoyed it. Yeah. With um, the exception of the dropouts to the live and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of sucked. I, my, <clears throat> after that, I invest invested in a, in a booster and tried to make it better. And then yeah. I did the, um, the 64 person tournament after yes. that. And, uh, who ended up winning that again? Dozer. That's right. That's yes. right. It was a very uh, Dozer and uh, Lust were the were the, were the finals. Yeah, yep. and uh, yeah, that's that's. I remember follow. I remember following along with that, like uh, like fucking McCheese's top one hundred. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Number seventy eight. Derek Simonetti should have broken his neck a long time ago. <laughs> and I'm just like you. you get that shirt made yet? No, not yet. <laughs> what I got a kick out of was is I thought this countdown was like a phony shit on people countdown and yeah. then his top 15 or 10 or whatever was actually a legit top 10. I'm like, you mean I did rank above Sobel? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, if AG's number two, I'll take 74. Oh man. Um, AG was another great guest on my show too. You actually set that up for me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he was doing, uh, he was doing Elk mania. He was going to be there. Yep. And, um, you know, AG and I have a, I had a, he he was my friend yep. and we did a lot of business together with trading cards and merch and shit and in fact he was supposed to be the first figure um back when i was doing this was would have been years before i actually got the shit to work uh, <laughs> so i have i actually have it in the other room it's the um the the prototype of of ag's figure and uh, i made sure he got one and whatnot and we were i forget if we were gonna we were going to do he was going to come on the podcast but he had already been signed. Right. But he couldn't tell anybody that he was signed. So he was like trying to be really polite to me about it. Uh huh. Uh huh. But at the same time, and I'm just sitting there going, oh, all right. You're going to Florida. And it's fucking, <laughs> it is fucking August in the wintertime around here. So, um, <clears throat> so I'd listened to most of your podcasts. At one point, you were putting them out with such fervor. Well, I was trying to keep people entertained during the pandemic. And that's where you fucked up. That is where I fucked up. <laughs> because you needed put, to hold that shit I, and, I until put, it was not topical. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was putting shit out, you know, two, three episodes a week. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it was great. I was very happy with it. And then and then when I started doing a podcast, I'm like, all right, I'm thinking bi-weekly. Bi-weekly is good. Meanwhile, we're going on a month. Because <laughs> I added a video element to it. <laughs> <laughs> that's work as one todd graham would it is, do it is, it is. if there's a difficult way to do something i'll find it <laughs> um so i've listened to most of the shows 
and I liked I liked most of them, you know. And like I said, a lot of them, you know, you got the softball questions. Yep. A lot of them, you know, people came on and they and they did their thing, and you got you got a little taste of everybody. Right. Oh, one guy. Sorry to cut you off, mm. but one guy that I need to mention that was a great interview was Ricky Medeiros. Oh yeah, I I learned so much about him, uh, good and bad he, that night. He is he is a mystery to me at times but i know a lot you know what i mean yeah, like he's yeah. a, he's just like he's he's very good at being quiet the opposite me <laughs> and uh so like he showed up at the taping with a like with a busted open eyelid and yeah because it was the it was the day after halloween comes out he comes in with a busted eyebrow and all that shit i'm like what happened to you and he just looked at me and was just like neighbor got uppity let me clean the shit out of my pants. So neighbor got it. And he's like, you should see what he looks like. He's like, he went to sleep, you know? And then he went on and proceeded to do five minutes with AJP. Yep. Getting ready to fucking burst at the seams. Yep. yep. You know? My, uh, my first question when he said the neighbor got uppity was, isn't lust your neighbor? Lust comes in on crutches. <laughs> with wheels on them. It's a new thing. Um I learned that the hard way when I showed up to interview him. Yeah. He yells across the hall, neighbor! <laughs> there he is. And then you realize, like, Jamie Tucker's from that area, yep. and fucking Ricky and Mike. Oh, and yeah, they're all... They're all there. Yep. So, the Riv, they're all there. Um, so, one night, this would have been, I don't know, a month ago. Maybe a month and change. Um, I'm sitting at my desk... As I am to do. And I notice there's an update from Work and New Shoot. And I click on it and I listen to it. And it's like a five minute video. And by the end of it, the first thing I did was message you going, Are you all right? Because I knew something was wrong. Mm -hmm. You know? And I know we're not going to deep dive on this because it's nobody's fucking business. But I remember hearing in your voice that you seemed determined and defeated at the same time. And I was worried. And then fast forward a very short period of time and you're leaving us, mm -hmm. you know? And like, I don't know. We, I mean, we discussed, I mean, we obviously, before we started this, we talked a little about, well, we're not really going to touch on this, this and that. What do you want to say about this? Uh, I won't go too deep, but yeah. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll lay it out there. Um, my, uh, my marriage was in trouble. Okay. Uh, I was having a real t hard time finding a job. Yeah. I mean, it's, especially now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been driving ride shares and food deliveries for the better part of five years. Yeah. Uh, can't find a gig in broadcasting. Yeah. And and for those of, for those listening that don't know, you uh, regularly are doing like commentary work for. I do, hockey. yeah, yeah. I do some uh, some play by play for some junior hockey leagues in the New England area. Um, but I mean, it's not steady pay. Yeah, it's you know sixty bucks here, seventy five there. It's the business. It is right. It is. You know, I'm uh, I'm a forty two year old rookie in the business. Right, which is not great for me going up against the 20 somethings that are just getting out of college. Right. So, uh, yeah, my marriage was struggling. Uh, she 
pretty much gave me an ultimatum. Get your shit together or I'm going to Michigan with, with or without you. And you guys have we, a kid. We, we do. We have a four-year-old son. His name is Zach. Uh, he is my world. If I lost him. Yeah. You know, I don't know where I would go. Um, and, and I'm not downplaying, downplaying, you know, the love I have for my wife. Of course I, not. I love my wife, you know, unconditionally. Right. And you know, like you look at her perspective of it and you're like, you know, like I'm 42, mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time. And the thing is, is like everybody is having a hard time. That doesn't mean that you're not in a unique situation. It's just a matter of like, this the fucking world's falling apart. Yeah. No, no shit. We're having a hard time, mm. you know, and then it just, everything happens with timing. Right. Right. So, um, compound that with, uh, we're living, uh, we're living with my parents. Yeah. Um, they have a three bedroom house, so there was plenty of room for us. We had a little bit of a living space down in their basement. Like a, like an unfinished, like in-law kind of a thing. Yeah. Or... Not quite that. I mean, it was still part of the main house. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was my old bedroom when I was growing up. So it, it was a little stressful for her to be, and for me, I, I should add that as well. Raising a four-year-old son with grandparents right there, just kind of being grandparents. I'm not right. going to fault my parents for how they treated my son. They treated him like a grandchild. Right, of course. Spoiled them. Right. They, yeah, they gave him the, noise, the toys that made the noise, yeah. and then they never left. Right. You know? <laughs> right. And, and, you know, my parents are older. My parents are in their 70s. Yeah. Um, her parents are, you know, late 50s, so a little bit younger. Okay. Um, she and I had a discussion of, you know, maybe, maybe the move, maybe the time to move is now. And, you know, I don't want to make this a, a religious thing, but I, I do want to say that we are Christian and, okay. and we believe in God and we believe in the vows that we took as man and wife. So divorce may be on the table, but really not an option. That is the last, last, last resort. Right, exactly. You got married. You got married for a reason. Right. You had a kid. You had a kid for a reason. Right. And especially, like, I'm an, I'm a completely non-religious person. It has never affected our friendship. No, not at all. As it I, shouldn't. Because, you know, I don't, I don't preach it. Yeah. I mean. And, I, yeah. And I also don't, you know, I, if you have a belief that I don't, it doesn't affect me. No. You no. Know, and why okay. should it? Why should it? Why should it? So we, we had a conversation with her parents. Her parents were thinking about doing some renovations to their home Mm -hmm. in the Grand Rapids area. Uh, so they were in the process of looking for a loan to, to do that. Yeah. And then they talked amongst themselves and said, you know, why don't we take this loan and, and, you know, buy something that we can live in. We, meaning my, my wife and I and, and my son. Yeah. And so we, we all had the conversation together. I was very hesitant at first. Uh, like you had said at the top of this show, I've lived here all my life. This has been your whole life. And not only that, but it's just like, yeah, 
this might be now i know when you said you know this might be the time to do it it's because well you're not attached to anything right now in in far as a job is concerned right you know what i mean like maybe this would be the good time for a change but at the same time you've lived here your whole life joking it's hilarious that i go by the name the agent of change because you know i I, like everyone else fears i've dude this is the house i grew up in yeah (laughs) you know like and and i may be living here alone now but this is the house i grew up in. right you know so i understand completely the fear or the just general uneasiness of like let's just walk away from everything that we've ever had or that i've ever known yeah so you know obviously you know at first downward downward spiral spiral of course uh, I I didn't know what to do. I was kind of frozen in time as far as, you know, trying to get stuff done for a potential move, which stressed my wife out even more yeah. <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, but slowly but surely, once things started falling into place, like the the loan got approved. We looked at the house. We did a virtual tour of it with her parents on the, on the FaceTime and walked us through the house that they were looking at and, Great house, plenty of space for the three of us, and it would be ours. Right. You're not, our, you're not living in your parents' home, it's your home. Right. It is our own place, our own space, nobody around to, you know, tell us, oh, maybe that should go there, or, oh, maybe you should have that for dinner instead. Somebody telling you you can't eat ice cream, yeah. Right. <laughs> so... In amongst this whole time, we've been house sitting in Chelmsford, so we've been living in in a house in Chelmsford for since uh, November first. Okay, uh, she's got friends that have been in Hawaii since November first. Yeah, must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Grass is always greener here, yes. Davis. Right. So we've uh, we've essentially moved into their house. We're pet sitting, house sitting, what have you. Um. So it's kind of a space of our own, but we always had in the back of our mind, we're gonna go. We're gonna we're have, gonna to, go have back. to leave. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna have to go back. So, she, she pretty much put down the gauntlet, say, saying, "I'm not going back. We need to find a place of our own, or we got to take this opportunity in Michigan." Finding a place of our own was very hinged on me finding a full-time job a around better here. job yeah of course i couldn't do it i got rejections got i, I mean didn't hear back from 90 percent of the places that i applied to yeah even like retail i i've got so much retail background in my younger days i thought about doing that going back into retail management yeah but then i looked at the the cons of that Working holidays, working nights, working weekends, missing stuff that my kid is going to be doing at five, six, seven years old. Living to work instead of working to live. Right. Yeah. Um, so I said, you know what? It's time. It was the hardest decision I've ever had to make. Yeah. It's time to move. Wow. So, uh, long story short, the loan was approved. The house was purchased. The house is waiting for us. Uh, it is a great three-bedroom, double-wide, on a uh, on a trailer lot or trailer park. Um, but it's not what you would imagine a trailer 
I, I've, I've had friends who, who lived I mean, in trailer parks. I know exactly. Like, it's it's a great house. It just, it's the stigma of things. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, my grandparents grew up, or didn't grow up. They lived in a, in a trailer park, and it was the shit. <laughs> I mean, I feared going over there sometimes because yeah. it was just a dingy, nasty area. Uh, if you've ever driven down Route 1 in yeah. Saugus and, and Revere, you, you you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um. So I had that in the back of my mind as to what was what I was moving into. But yeah. then I saw, you know, what it was and felt a little better about it. Yeah. Then, like I said, the loan got approved, felt a little better. House is purchased. Okay, we got a place to go. Now I got to find a job. Right. I kind of have done that. Um, it's a part-time gig. I'm going to be slinging beers at a at an American Legion hall. For... That's usually good for meeting women, but uh, <laughs> as we've noted, uh, so um, trying to save your marriage. No. Uh, yes. 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 Uh, so I've got that as a uh, you know kind of a, like a failsafe. Yeah. And the rideshare thing is there. Rideshare is everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So I can I can fall back on that if I have to. But uh, I mean I'm I'm going full bore trying to find a, a full time gig before I can do anything out there. Yeah. In the world of wrestling. And that and I know that was a big thing for you because I feel like you know you, you dropped out of the sky in 2018 through your podcast you were able to get to know all these people and you basically integrated yourself into a brand new family i did you know myself and in and, and you know jc and everybody at ncw and pg and rwa included ricw all those places wtf everybody you you have become a member of the family and i know the difficulty of having to walk away from something that you that you love that you didn't know you had yeah. for your entire life. You spent your entire life as a wrestling fan and then found out that all you needed to do was just show up one day and you could just be a part of it. Yeah. You know, and for the last couple of years you've integrated yourself so well it's just like, oh of course he's one of us. And and that's the the best part about the last couple of years yeah. in this area is that you guys accepted me. Yeah. And accepted me quickly. And I felt part of the team, part of the family, part of, you know, I, I call you guys my brothers and sisters now. Yeah. Um, which may have upset my actual sisters, but. Um, Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. but yeah, being here the last couple of years and just the whirlwind that it's been uh, in the new england indie wrestling business i i never thought i would have had a podcast i never thought i'd be able to talk to you guys i never i just you got to hang out on this side of the rail yeah like stepping in that ring for the first time to announce a match was just because to ryan andrews is lazy yes <laughs> because sipowitz was late to a show um it it, it just it was unbelievable. I, I I know now what you guys go through the first time that you stepped into a ring to wrestle. All I'm doing is saying your name. And it meant the world to me. Hell, I even took a few training courses down at the chop shop. While you could, yeah. Yeah. 
I learned how to take a bump. Not very well, but I learned how to take a bump. I learned how to run the ropes. Um, you know, my biggest regret of leaving is leaving the business in this area right now is that I didn't get a chance to have a match. Um, and I say that because I, I, I pitched an idea to T yeah. of getting me in a match with Harry Brooks. Oh, I think I might've heard this. I also think I might've gone, fuck that. <laughs> <sighs> like T had some sort of, some sort of program going with, uh, with Montero and yes. they're going to choose opponents for, for each other. Uh, Montero, or partners or I'm sorry. Partners. Mon- yeah. Montero had a, had a thing going with, uh, Brooks. Yeah. And, uh, they were going to choose each other's opponents and T was going to come out of the curtain with Brooks in the ring and thinking that T's his opponent. And then T takes off the shirt. He's got a referee shirt underneath. Yeah. I do recall this now. I'm behind him. I I take my jacket off and he charges at me and I, he hits the corner and I schoolboy him for a quick one, two, three. Fucking hold the tights. Yeah. That's all he's got. Hold the tights. So, (laughs) so, um, yeah, my, one of my regrets is that I didn't, uh, didn't get into it sooner and then, you know, didn't get a match. And that's that's the thing you learn about the business. Yeah. And that is doesn't cost any money to be a part of the family. Also doesn't make you any money. This is true. And therein lies the problem. Now, some of us have figured out how to make money. None of those people are ring announcers. So, you know, like, I'm sure the Fink's 8x10 went pretty good after he died. Yes. <laughs> you know, but I don't I don't think Finkel was selling too many 8x10s at the table next to Hogan and Warrior. Yeah, there so. was a reason why he was booking wedding receptions to announce the bride and groom. Oh, fuck, I know that wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that was Jason Labonte. Uh, <laughs> that was... Only a couple years ago, I think. I think they used APW's ring as well. Uh, so, oh wow, it's a good time. <laughs> Woo. Um, that is a story for another day. Um, yeah. So, for those who didn't know, we were trying to skirt the law and do another taping before you left. And you had told me initially that it was going to be mid-March. Yeah, I had put it out there that it was going to be mid-March, and then things progressed faster than they did out in Michigan. Exactly. So I went about booking a date for the 28th, and I got the date, and I said, would the 28th work for you? And he's like, that's actually the day we're moving now. And I'm just like... Well, I'm sure the wife won't like you stepping away for six hours to come do a completely, you know, illegal taping. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the COVID, the COVID cup part two. Um, Jesus Christ, don't call it that. And then, of course, you know, and then, of course, I kind of I tried to scramble with no fucking time to move the date. And then I appreciate that. Different, so very much. Different things happened and I couldn't agree on a couple of things and uh we lost you know we lost the opportunity to send you off the right way you have no idea how many people reached out to me and they were just like you know we need to send them off the right way and and it wasn't just like wrestlers it was peers and when i say peers i mean like other ring people Mm -hmm. like fucking bobby reached out to me 
Now, Bobby hates everything. <laughs> Bobby reaches out to me. He's like, we got to send them off the right way. Now, here's why I found that to be very cool. In this business, it's very cutthroat, depending us on, on, on every level. I'm sure it's worse on levels I'll never fucking see. But on this level, oh, my fucking head. <laughs> Is it unbelievable, some of the shit that happens. But... What in what where that brings us is wrestlers uh, outside the family are trying to cut the nuts off of wrestlers to to get their spot or move in. There are no spots, but like to have one ring announcer reach out to make sure that we send off another ring announcer. I thought that was cool. Yeah, definitely. You Thank know. you, Bobby. Um, and you know everybody was sending their messages today saying you know thank you and all this shit is like for. I want you to know that after hearing what you've told me, because I didn't get a lot of the details privately that you gave on this, where you're going, you got your wife with whom you love. Mm -hmm. You've got a kid. You now have a house. You don't have the gig yet, but you've got something. You're walking out of here with more than you had. This is going to be a great opportunity for you. Mm -hmm. And we're going to miss the fuck out of you. I know I will. And you have left enough of a mark on us in the last two years that A, we'll never forget you. Mostly because that shit's online. And you could probably see it at the <laughs> link that Future Todd is going to put on the screen right now. <laughs> but you did it. Not for selfish reasons, but for all of us. You are a part of the family, and that's never going to change. I thank you for being as candid as you were. I, I, you were way more candid than I thought you were going to be. Mostly because your wife probably won't listen to this show. Probably not. No. <laughs> <clears throat> you know. If she hasn't started texting me about, can you stop talking about the fucking Golden Gate Bridge? We have gotten <laughs> past this. Um, it's a great seven-mile bridge in Michigan. <laughs> <clears throat> we are going to get canceled today. <laughs> What'd you guys discuss? <laughs> fucking bridges. Adjective or verb? <laughs> I'm not Kevin Nash. I know what those words mean. Um... But yeah, um, unfortunately, we we aren't going to get the chance to to send you off uh, all, as a, as as a, as a team. Mm -hmm. But you know damn well that uh, you know you'll be getting you'll be getting messages from everybody and well wishes and whatnot because you fucking deserve them. Thank you. You're not you're not a piece of shit who's leaving town. You're <laughs> someone we actually liked. We're like no. And, of course, what was the first thing anybody did? Fucking JC reached out to referee in the business that he knew yeah. out that way yep. to make sure that you had an in in case you wanted to re in case the wife allowed you to resume. <laughs> I know you mentioned that the I know you mentioned for the November 1st taping that it almost took an act of act of Congress to get you there. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> but this is. um. This is kind of the like this is a this is a new start, you know. It is. It's a fresh start and it's yours. And I'm looking forward to it. You know. It would like I've lived in this house my whole life. And I'll tell you right now. If I could move into my own house tomorrow, I'd burn this place. 
mostly because it would go up really quickly. It was poorly put together, and I'm sure there's still asbestos in the walls. And that shit's highly flammable. <laughs> I got black mold in my bathroom. Check it out. Um, cause <laughs> Hi, boys and girls. The word of the day is slumlord. Because that motherfucker's not listening to my podcast either. Um, so what I would like, because I, like, I feel like we have come to an organic conclusion mm-hmm. of this podcast. Unless, of course, you've got more shit to say. What I'd like you to do is take a minute and let's reminisce on what we've done together. Not me and you, the business, for the last two years. What are, what are you going to miss the most? <sighs> definitely the people definitely the camaraderie in the locker rooms <sighs> definitely the uh the fans i mean you you know same fans show up to every show and you did something that nobody before you has ever been able to do you got men and women to chant where is Shane and that will never fucking happen with you gone because when Lauren Patisi was standing in the ring nobody thought about him no of course not you know they wanted to see the blue shirt that's that's true that is the the first chant that I ever got wasn't even about me (laughs) um just I know I know that this is, you know, I don't want to be cliche and say this is not goodbye. This is see you later. See you later. Yeah. Because I know I'll be back. My family is still here. Oh, shit. If I'm in town when a show's going on, don't be surprised that Davis Wright popped up at the show. Maybe ring announced the match. Maybe called the match on the mic. Maybe escorted someone down to the ring. Who Rang knows? the bell. Popped the corn. Did anything. Yeah, did anything. He was there. Yeah. But. I want to thank you. I want to thank T, JC, Atley, anybody who took a chance on me and just, you know, I I wish everybody was here so we could just have a, you know, a great big group hug and, and have a good cry, share a couple drinks and, you know, some more stories that we can't tell on here. Yes. Uh, that was an hour before this started. But <laughs> <laughs> by the way, is it a prerequisite to well up? Because I know you made Montero cry. I think. I think. Well, Montero. Montero. We got deep. You and I are getting deep. Joey Warner. Uh, I don't recall. <laughs> I think. I think we we talked about some some stuff, but I think he's like, I'm not gonna cry. <laughs> before <laughs> beforehand, he's like, I'm gonna try real hard not to fucking cry. <laughs> It's hard to put into words the love that I feel for you guys. Um, just being brought in by a part-time ring announcer who told a promoter, "Hey, give this guy a chance. He's, he, I think he's got something." Yeah. And after that, it was up to me, and. I took the ball and I ran with it and apparently 
I've reached the end zone here in Massachusetts. So, again, thanks to you. Thanks to T. Phoenix. Thanks to JC. Thanks to Atley. Thanks to Lauren Patisi. Without her, none of this happens. Mm. Without her, I don't have the confidence to say, yeah, I'll do that show. Yeah, no shit, right? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. So, I mean, I owe everything that I have, not only in this business, but in what I do in broadcasting in general, to her. Yeah. So, thank you, Lauren. And... So, if you'll allow me mm. to sign off the way I typically do. The floor is yours, my friend. Thank you for listening to Storytellers Beneath the Mat, hosted by Todd Graham. My name is Davis Wright. So long. <laughs>